Welcome to episode 205 of the Tactical Crouch podcast, the show where we get to the end of the year, uh, the off-season has officially dried up for me, and I don't know what to talk about anymore. So you guys, you know what? You, you let me know. Let me know what is happening in this episode, because mm. I, I don't anymore. I really don't. Who knows? We said that the last time, and we went... Uh considerably over so we will see we always we always never sure when it comes to how long we're you know because because you're right like there's not a ton to talk about obviously <laughs> there's some fun signings to fall over and think on but yeah. outside of that it's good three, dude let's let's get around it three hours about anima right there three hours boom one hour each <sighs> we'll both will all three of us have one hour each um and you just have your own little soliloquy about it for a full hour. Have fun, you know. That'll be that'll be the content. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll actually be. It'll be a short, nice, short episode today. As I'm sure all the people that have just heard me say that, and then because you're watching the future, you've gone ahead to take a look at how long this podcast is, and you're mm. like, oh, he just said short, and this thing's like three and a half hours long. Uh, that is kind of funny. I do get it. That's basically what happened last <laughs> time. So yeah we'll see maybe it's short maybe it's just a quick little ditty and two and we're out of here oh dare i say one oh how scandalous for sure see i mean just just gets so out of ideas i mean we're like two minutes in he's like damn no no, no. Really I, I i just <laughs> i just received i just received a, a dm that might help me create content for my day job because like nice. while while like a content drought like is pretty bad i guess for for the viewer imagine if you were a beat reporter like <laughs> that has to cover this game and now rightfully so it's to sort of deviate like spread out and like um find alternative ways to entertain oneself during the it's work a beat reporter as it's in a beat like reporter just like mainly focusing on uh on overwatch league i guess um even though that's oh, okay. no longer true i mean i've i've done csc events now i'm definitely getting into valorant yep. stuff now i mean rub shoulders with astralis and all that yeah no like navi done all those things i mean i get half a year each year to sort of focus on that right like <laughs> it's, it's it's almost like reckless to not do that so um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it yeah. is, I, I, I gotta be honest, like, it is pretty frustrating to s just see, like, what everyone else is getting under the Christmas tree, in terms of, like, ah, we have a full schedule here, and, ah, like, we're, know, building, right? we're building new offices here, and there's, like, a, a, a very vibrant, like, third-party team tournament organizer scene that are in competition with each other, and they're constantly innovating the same game, and for some reason, because we have innovators in the space, like, the game stays fresh, and it's, like, Ah oh, man, the grass is always so much greener. I can't so, imagine. I just think like a shorter off season fixes a lot of problems. Just straight off the bat. Like if you if I was to do one thing, you know, Genie gets to grant me a wish. Hmm. Uh I, yeah, I mean the first thing you wish for is like Overwatch 2 comes out yesterday. But if failing that, you know, if that's if that's off the list, you know, that's next to the you can't wish for more wishes, you know, that and you can't ask for Overwatch 2 quicker, though those are the two things you're not allowed to wish for. Then, yeah, I guess like a, a much shorter off season. And we all saw what um, 
VCT and Valorant Tour, Champions Tour released in terms of their schedule for next year. Um, and they have, what, a two-month break, essentially? Two-ish month break? Yeah. And I looked at that, I was like, dude, I would, I would love to only have a two-month break. Because yeah. a six-month one is, is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm bored. I'm really yeah. bored. <laughs> at, at, no, at no point was six months ever... I, I cannot imagine that that was ever optimal. Like, you can make excuses as much as you want that we had the World Cup, doesn't matter as much. I think, like, that's not the same audience that you're appealing to. You're also not really significantly dragging anyone into the Overwatch League by doing so. Um, granted, it's a little better. Then you sized it down eventually, like, uh, removed the tournaments because they weren't as big of a success as you probably thought they would be. But you're breaking habits of viewers, right? Like, now I, I'm not organizing my weekend like I would be for football matches uh, with my friends. Like, mm. I'm, I'm doing other stuff. I can look elsewhere that serves our interests as a group and fosters those habits. You know how, mm. like, once you've established a habit... You know how much shit you can get away with? Like, you know how, how much group inertia there is just, like, sh sitting on a mediocre product just because it has been there for a long time? Like, mm. ba that's baseball's f business model for the last couple of decades, right? Like, just getting people used to it, having them fall in love with, like, shitty, cheap hot dogs, and, like, just showing up. Just be there, bro. They are nice, I will say. Shitty cheap hot dogs and cheap beer really can't go wrong. Just show up. Just show up. Foster that habit. But, like, you're, you're having me, like, have varying habits from, like, starting out on Thursdays or on Fridays to varying length of podcast days to varying, like, if I'm just following one team, to varying days when that might happen. Yes, that's also the case, mm -hmm. for instance, in European football. Not to the same degree where it might be ranging from Thursday to Sunday when my uh, team's playing, or maybe not playing at all that week, right? Like, I mean, I would love it if right now we had a third-party tournament for Overwatch League, uh, where, I mean, not mandatory for any team to join, but, you know, maybe you had a handful of teams, you played a small tournament, and fuck it, it's on Overwatch 1 and it's 6v6. Yeah, I know everybody's just built the team for 5v5, but there are plenty of teams that can field full six-man rosters and cover every single role, and it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see the new teams play in a 6v6 environment. And you know what? It doesn't even matter. Like, it's got zero implication for next year anyway. Like, you couldn't even... You can't even look at this and you're like, you're not leaking any strategies or anything because, A, the, the next season's far enough away, and B, we're playing a brand new game. So, like, who cares? Like, just if you play 6v6 tournament now or 6v6 event now, it's got zero impact on next year anyway, so it's not, to me, it's not a big deal. Um, you know, so that'd be cool. I mean, we just, we were supposed to have third party, like if you go back to the original marketing slides of the Overwatch League back in 2017, 2018, or whatever, mm. you know, there were meant to be third party events happening in the Overwatch League off seasons, and I feel like that's almost never happened outside of Shanghai Dragons and NetEase hosting their own tournaments. Steel Series did that one earlier this year. Props to them. Um, I mean, what else has there been? Like, that's to to my knowledge, has pretty much been it. Uh, LA Valiant hosted a Winter Cup. Actually, was it Valiant or Gladiators? One of them. One of the LA teams. I think it was Valiant hosted a cup. Valiant Mayhem's done some some tournament uh, work, but yeah. That being, of that. that being said, Mayhem has primarily done tier two stuff. And don't get me yeah. wrong, you know, it's it's great that they've 
done some brilliant tier two stuff and you know actually mayhem's one of the the better ones that i've actually you know uh popped in the extra effort for tier two but you know right now man fuck it i would love it if someone put on an overwatch league event that, even if it's if it's not overwatch league related if it's just total third party only but yeah that's the thing it needs a certain oomph to it like sorry like the the size of these team hosted tournaments simply never had the prestige or weight to it mm. that made me really care about them right and next cup might might do that just like getting actually like the some of the best uh players on the server and competing against one one another like having novel content in terms of like uh matching people up that have never played each other for instance or like yeah you know like this this would be really sweet content like even um something like gauntlet that 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 type of content right now, uh, that that's the type of stuff that uh, would get me to watch. <laughs> Every everything well, else. And is by like, the way, be the we time. used to have we used to have here was our Overwatch League calendar mm. in twenty nineteen. Uh, Overwatch League starts when did it start? Was it February twenty nineteen? I can't remember. It starts oh, in. I'll look it up. It's in. So we you know we start game number one, twenty nineteen. Uh, and then beyond that, we had what Gauntlet into World Cup, mm-hmm. January tenth, mid Feb, twenty nineteen. Is that what is Feb that? 14th Eric, is it would be what's January tenth? Is that season start? I'm guessing that's season one. Season one started in January tenth. So we started on Valentine's. You know, we started on Feb fourteenth. It's kind of nuts. Like we started later every single season. So we started Feb. And we ended whenever World Cup ended, which I think it was November. So, I mean, that's a reasonable calendar. Mm-hmm. And Kay, you, you, you'll argue, you'll say like, oh, well, you know, World Cup and Gauntlet had nothing to do with the Overwatch League. I Certainly mean, the VCT, have, calendar, yeah. the VCT calendar has a bunch of stuff at the end that's got nothing to do with the VCT either, but it's on there. Part of the competitive calendar, just like Gauntlet and uh, World Cup was. And, you know, if we start in early Feb, early to mid-Feb, because Feb is a shorter month, and then we end in you know November with the World Cup, that's a pretty decent calendar. And with that, and then you take, what, December off, you take January off, and then half of Feb, at most, we're talking three months, you know, because you're taking part of November off as well. So you're talking like three months tops as an off-season. And even then, it was like, oh, man, great to have Al back. That was getting boring. Yep. Now we got double that. We've doubled that amount of off-seasons. Like, holy shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. That's... Yep. It's... Uh... I don't know. I I I feel like that it, it never felt like though that we had that potential to go like so ham. I don't know to me anyway. Like for for instance if I was to directly compare the sheer potential, like Valorant is pretty comparable to like what they're doing right now like to pre-Overwatch League situations, right? I think we weren't as far. We just weren't. Right, like pre Overwatch League. Yeah. What do you mean? Like the what the right of only year one of of uh, Valorant was what I would consider anything close to pre Overwatch League, and even then, those ignition series tournaments, those are very heavily Riot mandated as well. Like Riot had to had, had a lot of play in that. They had a lot of fingers right. in that in terms of their decision making that went on. Um. So you know, the uh, you. Here's here's the fun fact about Riot that everyone seems to forget is like everyone's like oh man like you know they had this whole thing where it was like yeah we're gonna take esports slowly and you know we'll we'll 
I'll do it if people want it. It's like, motherfucker, you guys are not taking this shit slow. You got your plans from day one. Don't lie. Yeah. You're not lying to anyone. You, I, I see through that. Like, everyone sees through that. Don't bullshit us. Like, that's just marketing talk. Anyone who believe that, like, you're gullible as fuck. Um, if you believe the PR speak, then, like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. But, yeah, it's like, you. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I think Riot have been way more hands-on with their eSport from day one. Uh, and if anything, Overwatch had a way more free third-party environment. It's 2017 was a bit of an issue. I'm not going to lie. 2017, Overwatch yep. was really dry because that was the year where like Blizzard's like, you know what? Just got to kill all third-party stuff uh, until the Overwatch League starts. Like, huh? Why? Still got one full year. You still got a full year before that happens. And now I remember NA was bare. NA Just was sad. Yeah. yeah. Korea had Apex. Hey, Pacific had OPC, which is where I got to cut my teeth. Um, so thank God for that. Like Taiwan, Japan, Taiwan. Uh, I said Taiwan twice. Thailand was the you know, country I want to say next. Um, and even Australian team got to play in a pretty sick ass tournament in Taipei. Um, I think Take TV eventually had something, but both Europe and NA were just really sad yeah. back then. Yeah, no, for sure. No, it's more like they're still using third party organizers, though, right? Like they're not hosting all of these events by themselves. Um, and there, there uh, is some stuff in between the uh, VCT events. Um, they're not tied into the the cycle as much, but they're still relevant to a decent uh, amount. Mm -hmm. And I was more talking about like to towards like I guess the developmental like position that that Valorant is way further along. It's also, like. Very probably true, like just like in terms of uh, viewership as well. Um, but if you're if we're comparing the positions that this thing is in, I I strongly think that they will eventually franchise. They're currently in the onset period of fran franchising. Might happen as early as like 2023. Like this next year, VCT is going ham, probably bigger than it was this year. While by comparison, look at 2017 for Overwatch. Like, if it wasn't for Apex, that would have sucked, right? And oh, yeah. yeah. I don't Here know. too, Overwatch Esports was kind of bad outside of Apex. No. People that only people that only look with rose-tinted glasses remember Apex were like, oh man, what do you mean? Like, Esports, Overwatch Esports was so good. It's yep. like, yeah, it was good in Korea. Yep. Tell me where else it was good. <laughs> you know, like yep. name the next place was good. You you factually speaking, you would have to say the Pacific region. Then factually speaking, after that it was nowhere. Um. Yeah. Sorry, China had um, OWPS as well. My bad, I forgot about them. They actually had so the three Asian regions in Korea, China, and Pacific had had full six figure dollar tournaments, whatever uh, big time stuff and four leagues going on very early on. Um, in fact, well, if you if you want to pull back the clock enough and you want to really examine it behind the curtains, you'll even notice that the OPC format was the trial run for the eventual Overwatch League format because it was four stages. That's right, I casted four stages of an Overwatch tournament in 2017, four round robins of ten teams. You can imagine what that was like. Hmm. Um, it was both fun but also grueling. But uh, I'm not gonna lie, there's a lot of games to cast. When you cast that many games, it's a lot of good practice. Um, that's besides the point, though. What I'm trying to get at is that um, at the end of the day, kind of coming back to what we were originally talking about, is um, yeah, I want to see more third party stuff. I want to see some real third party stuff. That, that was even a conversation that I can't, I can't remember where it was brought up, but um, 
somewhere it was said, and we even we even speculated that maybe in the off season there was going to be an introduction of more uh, third party stuff, and Blizzard were going to try and reconnect with the third party bridges they had burned. Right? You guys remember that conversation? Yeah, and yeah that yeah. conversation happened somewhere internally. Somewhere it was reported somewhere. Yeah. I can't remember who reported it or where it was, but I do specifically remember hearing it. Hmm. Um, Dude, I, and great job to you, whoever reported that. But that, like, there where was, is that? Where the, is that right now? There was a lot of talk, also, like maybe Face It was getting into like rank S type of gameplay again. That would have been good content for streamers, uh, pro streamers. Sure. I think, like, all of that was shut down. We just like were clamped up, and like by comparison, it's. It's almost like comical how how much quicker you can move if you just have like third party like help out and like give them. But can I throw a bone? This is my guys. I'm yeah. about to play devil's advocate. Oh, my favorite role to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really good at playing devil's advocate because I have internal debates with myself every single day. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Here's the, the problem I can see is as much as I want third-party events to be on, I think the whole Overwatch 2 thing has so heavily devalued Overwatch 1 that, like, if you're a third-party, do you even want to come in? At this point, yeah. you think no, about it? No, no. At this point, like, Probably it's... Probably not. Yeah, no, no. If anything, we messed it up before, right? Like, by not making because it open. you had a stage. You, you had a stage where, it, you know, if Blizzard wanted to, they could have been full hands-off and um, ESL or whoever the fuck fakes it, who would have come in, and they would have taken the they would have taken the reins, and they would have done their circuits, and they would have fully done that. Uh, Blizzard would not have to pay them a cent. ESL would just do it, you know, because they want to, because it's valuable to them. Um, whereas now, I think if that conversation was to be had, I think a third party, excuse me, organizer would be like, "Well, you got to pay us to do tournament now." <laughs> right and that would be ridiculous and you and you know you can imagine people would be like no we don't want to do that we don't want to pay you to do a tournament for us um but third parties if you look from the third parties povs why do they want why would they want to do a tournament um the, it would have to be valuable they would have to justify it through yeah. viewership sponsors yeah, i mean at this point. all that kind of stuff through their through their own revenue streams uh because it's a cost whoever puts up whoever puts up an event that's a cost and whoever you know you have to justify the cost by having some sort of return and you know 2016 2017 overwatch release 100 percent, plenty of interest lots of viewership uh lots of engagement in terms of teams and players coming in and people engaging with the tournament you do it now in 2021 i probably wouldn't be there i mean it'd be fun it'd be cool but um yeah that spark is gone so what it comes back down to again is Man, it's the long, hard wait for Overwatch 2 because you can't even do content for Overwatch 1 anymore because whoever does that would have to do it at a loss. And Overwatch 1 has been heavily devalued because of it. Yeah. It's the way it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I had a Twitter thread on that very topic this this week and Stalosa, for instance, came in with a pretty good argument saying like, I mean, like, yes, that's a problem. More or less saying like, what actually drives the issue is that we, we're not getting content. Therefore, like, it's really hard to bring in casual player bases. Therefore, f- like, basically, and that is true. Like, you can, you can look at fostering or trying to get people that are by their demographic yeah. build-up have more willingness to 
spend per capita, you still kind of need the masses for in order to have this work at the moment, right? Like mm. everything is built on volume still in esports, right? Like, it, and it's it feels like we we really try to bring that spending up by selecting for people that were willing to spend. Maybe we got a couple of more of those in, but we lost the masses, and therefore like. Everything that's third party now is basically fucked, right? Like, um, so basically, like, for instance, think of what other esports are able to do or what kind of content is able to be facilitated. Because as the overall audience increases, every little fraction of a scene increases as well. And it's not like things just like work gradually. Like, if I'm a League of Legends, like, guy that is really into fantasy, maybe I can make a career or, like, make a living out of having a YouTube channel talking about fantasy and talking about, like, statistics and whatnot. You absolutely mm. cannot do that in Overwatch. Inherently already, like, decreasing the, the quality of the content that you can necessarily. Like, it's not gradual, right? There are hard points mm. in a scene size where you... You completely change the system of how the uh, the the scene works and how people are setting up their life around the economy of that entire situation, right? And we unfortunately like capped it off trying to to be smart about like who we are attracting to us. And I have no doubt, like for instance, that Overwatch probably succeeded in bringing fans in that would have otherwise not been too interested in esports. Um, I, I think I, I frequently probably underestimate like how many sports fans came in just like because of the localization and they're now here. At the mm. same time, like, was that the biggest growth factor? Or do we see like that every, every, uh, everyone else outside is like just like growing with the demographic growing that are watching and like getting them in as early as possible and just like being overall just like huge and like a phenomena. I don't know, like treat yourself to the reception of a Chinese team winning worlds of, uh, in League sure, of Legends yeah. and what that does to university dorms in China, right? Mm. Like just become that thing. And then as you age, your esport necessarily, as these people uh, get into a position of uh, higher recreational. Um, budget like have that increase right and it, it it always felt very weird like putting the cart before the horse type of thing where we probably could have done with a couple of years more open circuits then again we're here what can we do um can only hope for another like huge numbers push and um as Tylosa pointed out like overall like the the marketing strategy for esports should be to just, like, become another thing that an Overwatch casual might do because the, stims, the game is still pretty big, right? Like, mm -hmm. if, if you look yeah. at the general audience, like, the main subreddit, yes, the active users are down, but the interaction is pretty, still pretty high. I'm frequently, like, super surprised how much interaction there still is and how big mm. that subreddit still is. Um, but, yeah, generally speaking, man, is it depressing when... Oh looking at our co competitive Overwatch at the moment, and there's, like, sometimes you have no new threats for 24 hours because we have nothing to talk about, man. 
I got a couple. Uh, I don't know if Joe wanted to step in first. Otherwise, it's just going to be the Yeska Avril show for a second. But um, not not really. I think um, the only thing I I kind of briefly touch on is the idea about you know Overwatch at least in its first season. I think was very tailored towards like Yeska said, um, not your average esports fan. Um, and I think they were successful in that. Um, I think we can pre- maybe ask questions as to why you might want to do that. Um, I think the initial shot from the hip is, you know, esports fans in general don't tend to uh, buy anything. Monetization when it comes to esports fandom has is, is, is always been a question. Um, but when you look at where we are now um, with Valorant and even going into League of Legends, um, yeah, there's there's very obvious that that's very obviously not the case or it's either not the case or the numbers are being spun in a way that makes it feel like it's not. Um, when you look at like the Valorant skins being sold and that prize pool being added, when you look at, you know, Dota two, the content that's around that, you know, the content that's around TI and, you know, activating that kind of player base. Um, it it was interesting, but I think, uh, that's it, a vision that isn't necessarily paying off at this point. Um, my add-on is that I, sh- I have a few more thoughts, but I'm going to do this in order. My add-on is that I think esports and gaming in general, just all the gaming, and actually, you can extend this to just social media and entertainment, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about only gaming and esports for now because that's what's relevant. Um, is that it's all about riding the wave. Like, and if you get off the wave or you let the wave consume you and you fumble and you, I don't know, you crash in the wave, you're done. But mm-hmm. if you ride the wave properly and you're building off the momentum and you're just keeping that, you know, keeping the train going, keeping whatever thing moving along, you're going to be fine uh, as far as interest in your IP goes, mm-hmm. you know, your game, your esport, whatever, your IP in general. Sure. And so, yeah, I mean... That's the the ultimate thing at the end of the day is you if you you have you know most most games um, have usually have some sort of initial you know boom here's your opening and here's you know the release is good and then maybe it dies down a bit and then if you've really got a lot of good things going for your game you'll actually have interest go up over time um, most like I I think single player games most of those most games that don't have uh, good post-release content always will die down over time, whereas like multiplayer games, especially free-to-play games and um, live service games, interest usually goes up over time. And so Overwatch is always in that kind of weird space where it's a bit of both because it's a boxed cop, it's a boxed game that you have to buy. You have to go to the GameStop and you have to buy it. Or I guess if you're PC and you're on Battle.net, you can just buy it up digitally. But you know, it's a console game at the end of the day, right? Mm. Uh, but then it is it is still a live service game, and yes, it. If on one hundred percent is a live service game, I don't want to hear anyone say it's not. Shut up! It 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 absolutely is. Like, come on, don't be dumb. Look at look at the game. It really is okay. And so it's 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 got both. It's got a bit of both. So really, what needs to be happening is it should the interest should be going up over time. But uh, interest in Overwatch is not obviously, and now we're kind of on the wait. But um, well, it was a good chat, guys. Um, thanks for tuning into episode 205, and we'll see you all <laughs> next time. Uh, before we get into uh, so as we get into 205 proper, obviously, we've got to give a big shout out to 
our patrons. So, episode 205 is brought to you by Battle Crab, Refine Bean, Bronzebot Buhau, Chare, Prophet Picasso, Chris R34444, Kasha67, Lolshin, Porkchop Sammy, Rexane, Polymel's Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery. So, you actually brought up something really interesting, Yiska, about the, the Reddits. And I was like having a bit of a think about that. And I don't know if you know this, but if you compare statistics on the Reddits now, taking into account, obviously, of what has been a game that's been released a lot longer at this stage, mm. depends on what you think a lot is. I mean, several years longer, 2016 versus 2020, so what, four years? Um, but both the competitive and the base subreddits for Overwatch kind of blow out the Valorant equivalents. So for example, Comp Overwatch, 277,000 members. Comp Valorant, 140k. Uh, regular Overwatch subreddit, 3.7 million. Regular Valorant Reddit, 1.2. So we're talking about, you know, kind of triple the size, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not so much on the competitive side. The competitive is a bit slightly close. It's more like double. But triple on the casual side. I mean, let's be clear. Go watch this more casual game. This is even taking account the four-year difference. I mean, we'll see over four years. I mean, the of the Overwatch Reddits have stopped really growing, to be honest with you. Mm. Whereas the um, Valorant Reddits might still be growing, and maybe somebody out there has a chart. Somebody's got a graph showing what the growth rate is like. So we'll see if Valorant catches up one day and overtakes or not. But what I'm basically saying is, like, if you use that as any sort of metric for just the size of the Reddits, Overwatch has still got a lot of people in there, and this is. So maybe the total members is not the most important part because, you know, there's all sorts of factors in there. People argue this thing or that thing, including age and other things. But here's the other thing that's quite interesting. If you actually look around at how many active members are on those subreddits at any given time, it's pretty comparable. Uh, right now that I'm looking at it, okay, Comp Overwatch only has like 622 and Comp Valorant has 1.1. But to be fair, it's, you know, I, I would say it's probably making a lot of sense being that they have they just finished up champions right. uh they got stuff going on we finished overwatch league ages ago and we got nothing um i think when we had lots of when we were in our season and we were at our grand finals and even beyond that when we had lots of roster moves happening we were mm. doing similar numbers we were doing you know we had 2k people 3k people all sorts of very similar numbers online so we had very comparable numbers basically what i'm saying and even the basic reddits the normal reddits as well the normie reddits you know for the blue pillars out there um is you got like 2k people for overwatch and 3.1 for valorant yeah it's a difference of like 1k in there but um it's all for a game that is like dead in terms of content versus a game that gets a lot of new content i mean still pretty comparable that's all mm -hmm. i'm saying it's actually not that far behind not yeah. even it's not even behind on depending on what day it is it's not behind at all it's actually ahead yeah well, not all doom and gloom Definitely in dire straits, but you know, not, not too terrible out there. Yeah, it's. And now, of course, like we're probably also not comparing the current feeling about these in the most fair situations. Like they just had the biggest tournament ever. We just had zero news for like the longest time, right? Like, I, yeah, I guess like that's where we justify our emotions towards that situation. But yeah, it is. I already told the guys before show, like, it's really, like, how does Valorant basically, how are they able to tell you, like, where you will be on, like, August 21st at 1435 
and what you will mm. be eating at the venue, and we don't have the game we're playing, bro. Like, the, the direct comparison is just, like, emotionally devastating, man. <laughs> like, at it the moment. Bizarre. And it's also, like, <clears throat> this is also a thing that I think is a little bit undervalued in terms of, of general perception. But I feel like streamers and, like, community perception are, like, whoever is talking about your game a lot is actually priming your community in, uh, in the perception of the game. Right, mm-hmm. and hundred percent. Yep. Like, I mean, there's a trickling down effect of that emotion that is happening, and I'm not talking or hearing of anyone that has anything good to say or is like oh. in a good mindset right now. Like every pro player is like, you can't. It's bubbling. <laughs> You're up, not allowed like, to be. You're yeah. not allowed to be. If you, I, I mean, I had this chat with um, people who actively make content for Overwatch, and it's just like. Yeah, the only the only bits of the only type of content that will get you hits and get you views is negative content about Overwatch. Yes, positive ones won't because people it's such a shock to the system. People's like, oh my god, this it's clearly a lie. Like this this there can't be a, a positive video about Overwatch. That's got to be bullshit. You know, that's yeah. got to be fake news. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas you know you got to feed the echo chamber of the bad news. I don't know what it is. It's all public perception it's just like this kind of public narrative that you have to follow like everyone has to kind of toe the line of the public narrative yeah. um and based on how the content and viewership game hustle works you have to do the thing that people want to see but that's a self-fulfilling prophecy because you know you do that thing where you do the negative content and then that is the perception that everyone has and then they expect you to do more of that and everyone else has to follow that do you know what i mean like it's that becomes very self-fulfilling at the end of the day um but all it takes is like and i'm sure you know I, i'm gonna make this sound really easy and it's not but i'm gonna make it sound really easy by saying i've watched two comes out or maybe it doesn't even come out maybe the beta comes out it's actually okay mm. let's just say that even though i think it'll be more fun I'll, I'll i can't i cannot wait this is what i expect to happen i bet that even if the beta is reasonable the the most intelligent thing to do as a content creator would be to shit on it anyway just for viewership <laughs> um i mean i think the that content initially. usually does well yeah just generally but i think that still opens up like if the beta comes out it's actually like pretty all right all things considered i think there's still a lot of room and i think there's well, still i would a like ears for I would positivity like people, uh, yeah well i would like that i would like like you know like oh well finally we get our hands on it kind of thing and like yeah it's mm. actually okay it's yeah. actually good or at least or at least you should be, be neutral about it and be like oh maybe it'll be okay or like we'll just wait for a little bit longer we'll wait for the full release and hopefully it'll be decent and then the actual game comes out and hopefully it's really fun and then yeah will be like lots of positive content you just need an actual thing to come out because all the negative negativity starts to pile on when nothing's happening you know that's when you let things like that fester because you can't fight because usually what happens is the developer of these games uh or whatever type of media you're doing you can combat that negativity by just releasing new shit be like oh you think our game is shit well here's my shut the fuck up button and boom just release a new piece of content yeah what do you think now you know yeah ideally it's ideally it's actually good and then if it's actually good the naysayers got nothing to talk about. You know, mm-hmm. they they got they, they do have to shut the fuck up because it's actually good, which is ideally your response. But when you haven't had content for I don't know how long now, um, it does get a bit ridiculous. But that aside, I mean, um, I was gonna have a big rant about Reddit. Actually, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. As all redditors know, of course, I do enjoy a big rant about Reddit. It's not it's not what you think. You th- you know, I'm baiting into thinking. I'm going to be out here, like, I, here we go, Avril got triggered by a Reddit comment again. Yep, mm. happens all the time. No, 
Uh, it's actually not that. I'm what I'm really triggered by this time is again. Well, I say again. I've, I haven't really talked about this ever before. The management of the r slash Overwatch Reddit in and of itself. Mm. It is probably the worst managed subreddit in all of gaming. Uh, that is of a reasonable size. So we're not going to talk about games I don't even know about. If mm, someone's going to okay. say like, oh, what about Paladins? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, I don't. Okay, your game. Okay. Show, me a, show me a Reddit with multiple millions of people in it that's as poorly managed as this. Anyway, what I'm trying to get to is um, we all know how bad it is. I think everyone knows how bad how bad it is. The thing that really set me off and sent me off the rails the other day was when I went to r slash Valorant so the, the plebe Valorant Reddit that uh, the normies go to, mm. they actually have this thing in there. And I, well, well, actually, what set me off was I looked through the content. First and foremost, I scrolled through just to take a look at what it was. First thing I noticed, one is banners and media supporting champions mm. and the finals and the entire champions, you know, Berlin finals event, blah, blah, blah. Cool stuff. I don't know if the R slash Overwatch subreddit has ever done that for the Overwatch League. I can't remember if they have. I think we get a match thread at best that has no upvotes and zero comments in it. Um, so that's first and foremost. Second thing I noticed is I, fl- I went through, and I'm going through it right now, and even right now, there's a reasonable amount of discussion-based content about mm. people asking like, hey, is what do you think about this? You think this is good? Is this a good gun? Uh, well, how does this agent work on this map? Hey, can anyone give me some tips about how to get out of silver? Like, just stuff mm. like that. Just really pedestrian stuff like that. Uh, things you will never see on our slash I've watched because there's no there's zero discussion to be had whatsoever. And then I was thinking, like, well, is it the case of Valorant players being more willing to talk about the game? Or is it the case where it's a better managed subreddit? And I ended on the latter point because what I discovered was I mm. went through the rules of the subreddit and lo and behold, one of the rules is, I'm trying to find it right now. Rule number six, no low effort posts or vague titles. I think this is the one I'm, I've, I'm getting towards. Okay. So they have a specific rule in their subreddit. I'll read this out right now. Um, okay, there's a specific rule called video restrictions. Videos that are focused on gameplay will be allowed to be directly linked on Wednesdays and Saturdays Provided they are 15 seconds minimum. As for specifics, we'll be using the GMT time zone. Okay, don't care about time zones as much. All the day's videos that are focused on gameplay are not allowed to be directly linked externally or uploaded unless they're related to an esports event, spelt with a capital S, shame on you, uh, inf- or uh, esports event, our informational content, or are accompanied by a text post with over, over 1,000 characters. Esports events are defined as any event listed in the Wikipedia list of Valorant tournaments. Provided that as a classification that is, and it gives you all the different classifications, these clips must be over 15 seconds in length. Essentially what that means is you mm. do not get the barrage and onslaught and of absolute highlights. visual diarrhea yeah. of r slash Overwatch on any given day of the week where you see the same 4K Diva bomb for the fucking 10,000th time in quick play. I'm like, motherfuckers, how you've seen this 10,000 times. How many more times are you going to avoid? This is not new. This is not new. How many more times do you want to see this? It's the same bullshit you've watched for five fucking years. The same bullshit. What is wrong with you? (laughs) I I have gray matter leaking out of my ears right now. It's fucking bad. Can 
Can I bring Devil's Advocate in this and ask you, like, what is bad about it if people are still up? Isn't Reddit an attention democracy? I'm upvoting, ah. therefore like. Ah, but here's the, here's the thing. Democracies don't work. Um, <laughs> as we all know. As we all know, they don't work. Um, uh, because people are corrupt. And the corrupt people I'm talking about here are the moderators of r slash Overwatch. They're, so they upvote lobbyists. They, uh, they yeah. Like, um, no. <laughs> but no, let me, let me, okay, let's go down that road. Okay. Let's go down that road a little bit. Yeah, okay. Because I, I, I want to buy it. Uh, you know, you, you put the hook in, you put the hook yep. line and sinker yep. up there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a fucking buy. I'm a fucking buy it right now. <laughs> and what I'll say to that is, okay, but like, <laughs> you're just going to let the plebs do whatever they want. Like, zero, no rules, no restrictions. You're not going to govern them at all. You're just going to let them make their own decisions. You know, is this like a total free society? Is Reddit, is Reddit going to be the total free society where people are just going to be fully left their own devices? You need rules, right? You need some rules. You would agree with that. You re- you would yes. agree with the base concept of there needs to be rules. Yeah, of course. Correct? Yeah. Um, Because, you know, there are rules on our slash Overwatch. Um, the general ones are all there, you know, clear titles, uh, no not so for content. You know, no personal tax, yada, 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 yada. Right. But um, in terms of having a community that actually fosters discussion and fosters like high quality content, if you go through any, well, I say any, like most subreddits out there have a rule that limits low quality content. Because well, otherwise, what you do get is this is like children, Yiska. Um, you don't have any kids, none of us have any kids. Um, but we've all been kids at some stage, I think. Um, um, I was born in a test tube, and mm. I looked like this from day one. And what I, basically what I'm saying is, like, you you let the kids get out there, and they just want to eat candy all day. They're going to have McDonald's every day, right? They're just mm-hmm. going to have ten chocolate bars of food, and that's all they're going to eat. So, you know, unfortunately, as much as the democracy language sounds nice, I mean, you can't just let the plebs do what they want. Uh, you have to, you do have to manage the children out there on on Reddit. And basically what that means is like if you allow our, like a Reddit like our session or watch to go rampant with the same bullshit clips that I say no one cares about, but apparently these people do. Um to be honest with you, all the people the funny thing about that is all the people that actually want oh actually want to talk about things have been kind of pushed out of that Reddit because they realize how bad it is. Yeah. So you don't have it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where like Okay, you'll make the argument is like, or well, shouldn't like we let people do the content they want? But I mean, <laughs> in a way, that sounds good in theory. But what you're going to end up with is way too much low quality content because that's it's content that is too easy. It's extremely easy to digest, mm-hmm. extremely easy to put up, takes no effort, and it's easy to upvote. Um, and I don't, and it's not high quality content. It's not engaging content. That's that was always my main point about the problem with Reddit. Because okay, he, l- let's think about how you interact with content, right? Let's take articles, okay? So I see an article, like maybe new, and it pops up, and the title is enticing. I click on it, and then I read an article that probably takes between 8 and 12 minutes to finish if it's a long written feature, right? And I might even think, that's a dope-ass article. What are the chances of me going back to the thread and hitting upvote? 
against the chances of consuming a 15-second GIF in, on Reddit itself mm -hmm. and hitting upvote. There's a, like, the, pr the evolutionary pressure that is on the article to be so good, it practically has to hand out blowjobs in order to be better than the GIFs, right? Like, how, mm -hmm. how, how are you going to ever create an article that is so much better to consume for the average user that they remember to go back and upload? Yeah. There's, and the only way to do this yeah. is to evoke the emotion of pissing them off, right? Like, they uh, either have to be, like, rage clicks. annoyed by the content in, <laughs> in itself and disagree with the writer and tell them they're a moron, or they have to agree and have their bias reconfirmed so much, like, they, they, you can't have them think. It's impossible to make them think because as soon as someone like goes like, it's actually a really interesting point. Let me reconsider that while I go for a walk. You lost them. You're now no longer, like, you could have enhanced their life. Because they read your article, they're now going to have 10% more happiness in their life. They're not going to hit up that vote, bro. It's not fit, right? That system is fucked. Yeah. Because you are trying to, you are trying, you are like a gourmet chef trying to sell good proper food to children who would rather just eat candy all day yep that's legitimately it Minor. you have high quality well-crafted things you want to put out there mm. but kids want to eat candy that's what you're dealing with i would agree on nearly every point i i, I think this has been a uh, an evergreen uh attack vector for overwatch especially when it comes to esports is the division of the reddits and yeah. how mismanaged the the main subreddit is 100 agree with you there when in, we compare it to something like valorant is there something maybe inherently with the two games that is more competitively focused when it comes to valorant where overwatch and as we progress into overwatch 2 is a lot more casual skin based and maybe even pve focused than we're giving it credit for Joe, I, I, well, I, I agree with that to an extent. I think that's why okay. that, that plus the four extra years that Overwatch has sure, been out of course. is why Overwatch is like three times as many subscribers to their main subreddit as Valorant does, right? Mm -hmm. um, and don't get me wrong, plenty of their, they're still on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I don't visit uh, that often, but you sure. still see plenty of stupid clips on r slash Valorant as well, because again, People you know, in amongst the filet mignons and there's a couple of fucking candy bars, <laughs> a couple of fucking sure. KitKats, right? Nothing against KitKat. I don't know why I threw a brand in there. I'm sorry, but um, just that's just, you know, I actually enjoy KitKats a lot. Check that sponsorship off. Any, right. uh, no just any, uh, just any, um, if you're really chaotic evil, you eat KitKats, like full vertical, Sideways, you, know I mean? yeah, you just yeah. bite it off. Like yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't pull off the individual pieces, you just eat the whole thing and mm. chew on it. That's chaotic evil. Um, speaking of chaotic evil, the r slash Overwatch mods don't have rules for for low effort content i mean they, they pretend to i mean let's have a look let's have a read it low effort um where is it i'll find this but essentially what low quality content that's what they call it low quality quality also, guidelines yeah go on why why are you looking for that i swear like i had that battle people can go back like I had that battle with them, I think, starting 2015. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. like, maybe our... How we approached that was very bad shepherding. I always said that was an issue. Because there was then a radical crowd of Knights of New 
who aggressively downvoted all esports content content coming their way. It was actually silly, oh, yeah. bro. Like you would you oh, would post yeah. esports content, you would yeah. tag it a- accurately. I'm still not convinced it wasn't bots, bro. Like that shit was downvoted. Like I mean, I will still never get over how incendiary and i'm being incendiary now but i feel like i'm more justified about it. i'm being incendiary because i've been fucking burned uh, or at least i feel like i've been fucking burned and now mm. i gotta fucking fight i'm ready to roast some motherfuckers with my flamethrower because <laughs> i don't care anymore um so i'm i'm you know I, they you know i've seen arsash overwatch and their incendiariness towards is that a word towards esports and committive content and i'm fucking dropping napalm like i don't give a fuck anymore <laughs> um you want to see you want to see burn i'm a fucking show you burn so wait what i'm saying is like it's crazy it is wild how like heavily against esports they were like i've never seen never seen yeah um a community a, a game i'm not talking about esports my game community just generally speaking like just hate their own esport that much. It's like it's first, like legitimately the first time I've ever seen that in any game. It's crazy to me. And they all have this kind of weird, almost anti-vax level of conspiracy theory in their brain. Like, oh, esports is ruining the game. It's yes. like, is That's it? A, like, are you yeah. what? What the fuck do you know? Are you a developer? Do you, what do you? They're like just making up shit in their brains. It like legitimately reminds me of anti-vax. Just people making shit up in their brains, right? Like it's just people that like just like they they le- they latched onto some fake narrative. And then, like that, became the reality for them. And don't don't even try and tell them otherwise, and they'll try and burn you for it. Like don't don't tell them otherwise. You're gonna fucking downvote, right? That's how they treat. That's how they treated esports. They treated esports like it was the fucking vaccine, and these people are just like, no, 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 it's hurting me. It's my body. You know, it's that kind of bullshit. Um, I just compared our uh, social watch regulars to anti-vaxxers. I told you I was bringing the napalm. I'm, I'm, I told really? you. I told you what's happening. <laughs> I brought the napalm. That's what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm sick of it. And, you know, it set me off because I was I looked at Valorant and I was like, man, why can't you just have a good, well-managed subreddit? And, you know, I think the one moment, and I hadn't thought about this Reddit for a while because when, when I do, I want to pull my hair out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember way back in the day, I can't remember what year it was, I can't remember when it was, but there was a... There was a specific concerted effort to put all low quality clips which is 99.9% of the clips on there into a specific mega thread yeah I, that was what it was and i was like thank god holy shit the reddit saved it saved we're actually going to have a usable reddit for once and then they for whatever reason after that experiment ended decided not to go with that decided not to use that yeah. i think that was the divergence in the in the timelines because mm. i I, you know, I'm in, I'm in some multiverse shit right now. I look at that that specific time and place, and I'm like, on one hand, you know, you turn left at the intersection, you have a thriving subreddit, thriving with an asterisk because obviously it can only be as popular as a game is. But hey, at least people are talking about stuff, um, where people talk about stuff. And on the other hand, you have the same four or five k diva uh, bomb from Quick Play that everyone's seen for the nth time, um, and it's just like. Wow, really? This is the level we're at. This is what we're looking at again. Um, this is literally—I just scrolled through. It's literally a grav dragon clip, and they're like, "Wow, holy shit! Never seen a grav dragon before." Am I right? <laughs> Interesting content you have there. Um, yeah. It's not even content. Like you can't even call it. It's like spam. It's like you yeah, watch it's... Ready Player One, and the antagonist in there just wants to fill the MMO with as much spam advertising as, as possible. That's what R slash Overwatch is. Except everyone is the bad guy. Everyone on there is the bad guy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and like, but the Sauron of bad people have the mods on there. They're like, they're like the actual like Dark Lords. You know, they're in the fucking, they're in that fucking dark tower with the fucking eye looking down at everyone else. That's what they are. Um, yeah, it's just it's just all sorts of awful. And you, what, the reason why I'm so I'm so so up in arms about the Reddit is because like, believe it or not, I and I hate to give power to them. And it hurts every fiber of my soul to say this, what I'm about to say next, but like having communities like this is actually important to your game because I look at other yes. successful gaming communities and, you know, say what you will about r slash League of Legends. And I know they've had their own issues and, sure. and you know, their, their mods, like they've, they've probably gone too far in the other directions where their mods like power trip and their mods, sure. their mods are so hardcore. Like r slash Overwatch mods, um, for how evil I make them out to be, they're like, they're more lazy than anything else. Cause I think being evil and like being bad takes effort. Right, yeah. and these people don't have any effort. So actually, I, I'm I'm wrong. They're not actually bad. They're just super fucking lazy. They don't want to do anything. They they want they're like the most hands off. They're like they, it's, it's actually the truth because they these are the bad parents who just let their kids eat candy. Oh, you want to post the same diva clip ten million times? Yeah. Okay, little Johnny. Okay, little Timmy. Yeah. Have you got eleventh chocolate bar for the day? I guess yeah. you don't need to eat any real food. You know, these are the fucking lazy parents. Yeah. Well, um, the League of Legends mods are the narcissistic parents that just like, yeah, 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 are way overbearing. Those yeah. are the tiger parents. Those are the tiger parents that are fucking breathing down the next everybody. It's like, you didn't capitalize the first letter of your title or something stupid like that. But hey, at least they care about their Reddit. You know, at least guess, they care yeah. about the community. And, and the the it's taken me a long time to get to this point. I'm sorry, but the end point of this. This is like turning into a Samito level rant. The end point of this is <laughs> that, I, and don't get me wrong, I think he's he's a passionate guy. I like I, we mm. follow each other Twitter. I like him. He's a passionate guy, and I'm showing a lot of passion right now. That's why I'm talking about this. Is you you look at R slash League of Legends, popular game, uh, parentheses well managed, so well managed Reddit. It's in my opinion, it's reasonably well managed. Even if you if you look past the the heavily overbearing part of the mods part of it. You know, they talk about everything. They they actually have a shitload of discussion. And every now I'm not saying you can't have any gameplay clips. Sometimes they do have gameplay clips, and it is interesting, and I will engage in that. Because I do play a little bit of League of Legends, but they, they mm-hmm. actually talk about the esport. They have huge match threads with thousands of comments in each match thread, uh, post-match threads, everything, comments about off-season trades. It's like, and this is all content that is not like relegated to some other Reddit, a sub-subreddit, you know? Like yeah. a like an extra subreddit for like the, the hardcore competitive people. It's like no, it's just it's just one yeah. big community where they talk about everything. And you know what that does is it means your your quote unquote casual people on there get exposed to the esports a lot more, and they get engaged in that because they see everyone else being engaged, right? And it's about this kind of social acceptance and this kind of you know thing there where you see something that is superly heavy, heavily socially accepted and heavily uh you know um upvoted and talked about you want to be part of that if you're not yeah you know you might be a casual you don't know much about esports but you see it's so popular on the and you visit red and you see it's like a popular thing to talk about on the red you might be interested now whereas those kind of things are just completely missing when you separate the reddits in general and i still look back and think that was one of the dumbest things ever i even look back and I remember when monty bless him tried to prevent the the split and tried to merge the two and tried to have the base uh subreddit be you know more of what I'm talking about, more of what I think the majority of people who actually want quote unquote good content wanted to be about. I remember when Monty tried that, they just fucking, you know, they just butchered him for it. Like, oh, fucking esports guy. And you know, it, at the end of the day, you know, I say bless him because it is Monty and, you know, Monty will respond to that kind of thing with, uh, you know, he's, he's going to get fired up and that probably doesn't help. 
and that kind of negotiation um because you're dealing with you are literally i've I've used this children analogy so many times but you literally are dealing with children i'm talking about either people that are like actually that young or like mentally they are they are that young they're they're just mentally immature so um yeah that's what you're dealing with yep what are we gonna do i'll watch is uh you'll watch that and, it, and it's not even just like um like we speak from like a competitive bias, but you know, I quickly sifted through it and it's like, where's the art? I saw a couple posts. Where's the cosplay? Where's like all the things that the fandom like <clears throat> where are all the things that are like significant metrics to like how popular this this thing is and like the overall zeitgeist of gaming is just not there. Um, and there's obviously reasons for it. One of them, which like, you know, the, the overall morale of Overwatch is down across the board, but it really never was. I, I, I frequented it. I tried to post content on there, yeah, especially yeah. esports related stuff early on. Mm. And and like Avril saying, and I, you know, something that Yiska definitely can attest to, it, it was just flooded with, you know, very readily accessible junk food content, um, which is is fine in moderation. But we need some, you know, there there needed to be moderation to begin with, um, and it seem like there wasn't i I, I think that that stymies a lot of a lot more than just the competitive bias that we're kind of vocalizing initially like i i wrote like i discussed with the uh with the mods heavily in dms just trying to Mm. find solutions but like it's they just saw thought like our overwhelmingly doing well content like what the people want is this and what you want to tell me is something else that also takes more effort to install. So yeah. why would we cut what the people wants in favor of, you know, what what others um, want to do with it just because it's a business or whatever, right? And right. Um, I mean, people want lots of things. Hmm? People in life want lots of things. I mean, mother, if that was the justification, governments can just shut down and just fucking delete all governments today. Uh, people, people can just do what they want then. People want to do this. People want to do that. Like, fuck, it's just such a bullshit justification. Um, and look, I'll, I'll, and I'll play the devil's advocate role in there as well. Like, I, I can see their perspective as well. But at the same time, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, is it not? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're only driving out the people that want other things. Because at the end of the day, the, the problem with um, fighting against low effort content, the junk content that Joe's talking about is very hard to fight against that because it's that shit is super easy mm-hmm. to upload. If you allow that if every if every subreddit that currently has a no low quality content, no low effort post rule, that was removed, every fucking subreddit would be full to the brim with the lowest fucking quality content possible yep. because that shit gets easy upvotes. Yep. That is a that is a legitimate truth, blanket truth across all the Reddit. Yep. Um and There's so, a like, reason you why can't... you know stories on on Snapchat are successful. Like, it's these these quick edible pieces of you know you get the punchline and you move on to the next one and you up you can't know, fight whatever you're doing. Yeah, you can't fight against it. And the, and the people successful. like Yiska is talking about like if you write if you put up a well written article or like a good in, or like a good video piece of content, super informative, right? It just wouldn't you wouldn't get any traction because it it takes people 15 minutes to get through that, or they can just watch a five second clip of Diva getting the fucking whatever K bomb again. Uh, you know, and it's just the same bullshit you've seen 20 million times that for some reason people don't get sick of. But like, you can't use a justification. It's like, oh, it gets the upvotes, so it's good. It's like, well, dumb shit gets the upvotes. Do you want good quality? I think people, uh, you, 
you know, this is a question I'd be asking them was, do you understand the difference between high quality content and low quality content? Would you, because if you can, then you would, you have to, you would have to agree that the low effort content first and foremost gets a lot, lot more upvotes and is a lot easier to upvote. Do you, is that what you want the community to be? You can say like, well, that's the people want, but it's like, yeah, but like people want bad things. People are dumb. Kids mm, want to just yeah. eat chocolate. Yeah. Is, that you, is that what you, is that you're going to yeah. allow that to happen? Yeah. 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 That's the problem with, with everything uh, at the moment. Like, let's be honest. Like, Journalism has a terrible feedback loop at the moment, right? Like, as ever described, if you're doing negative content, that's getting the numbers, but you're also, like, seriously impacting how people are conceiving of reality, practically speaking, right? So on the one side, you have something that, like, income needs to be earned somehow, but nobody's able to or willing to play for quality, pay for quality uh, content. Like, it, it necessarily has to t turn into a whale-driven economy because, like, <laughs> whoever gives you the money in order to sustain your craft will therefore determine the, the uh, direction. Or you go for the volume in, with Google AdSense and try to write for the masses, and that in itself also has problems because you're now writing rage-baity uh, clicks or nothing of any depth whatsoever, right? Yeah. So... It is, I mean, it's, it's far beyond just like Overwatch, um, for sure. Oh, yeah. But in that, like, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> like, if you want to understand what the media crisis is about, like, this is a perfect example that we also witnessed in Overwatch. And fortunately, though, I would say Reddit isn't as important as it once was. It's still not unimportant, for sure. Like, I had a, a, a piece written, um, it was called Don't Marry the Meta. And Don't Marry You the Meta was about um, like Envious recruiting Mickey and me thinking he's very one-dimensional as a player, which didn't turn out too wrong. And honestly, like in the end, him being on the team for as long probably wasn't was sort of like contributing towards that team sucking for a long time. Um but like the 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 basic premise being like if you marry into that position and you're signing these long contracts, blah, 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 blah. Bro, that content still to this day is probably the most read feature piece I've ever had simply because it was front page Reddit. It had, mm. it had uh, six digit clicks. You don't, you're not getting that in Overwatch with, uh, with feature written content anymore. It's impossible. Unless you get into that position on Reddit. Um, Nobody will care to that degree anymore, right? Um, and yeah, it's it, it is all the way down from there. Like I don't know. For instance, I remember like getting my first podcast. We we still have uh, initial podcast episodes from a podcast that was way worse. And like, <laughs> um, and those episodes have like five five k views. Like something we can expect on a really good episode now, even though it was a shit one, but it hit front page because nothing was happening at the time there on on our overwatch right it's yep. like it's still a driver of discussion and also algorithmic power let's be honest like even if you if you get your video down there it's not going to be all reddit traffic but it's going to algorithmically help you get into trending 
positions on YouTube itself, and therefore it then snowballs. And once you have one video snowball, that m might just make your channel because now you yeah. have a trajectory, uh, algorithmic trajectory. And yes, Reddit traffic probably doesn't weigh as much uh, as other uh, content sources, but like that might your make your channel. There's there's something called viewer velocity, right? Very often you will see a pattern where one one video of a creator blows up and then every other video is going to be suggested and if it's similar content uh, quality then it or type of content then people will just watch that and just like keep be dragged along for mm -hmm. that and absolutely reddit in that can make or break careers and has done so for many overwatch creators in the past who are more casual it it no longer does right like the, even the guys that I used to follow like hame or whatever like um that did more casual Overwatch content, it all dried up. Also because these these types of viewer velocity uh, interactions simply don't happen from from those content sources anymore. And it's it's mm. a shame. And it just like it's just low effort stuff. Like it, you could have had like a reasonably well adjusted restaurant. Like I don't know. Like why you got to be a McDonald's when you could have been? Uh, you know, I don't know what what the comparative. <laughs> thing would be uh, is olive garden like slightly higher in quality yeah for the most part it's not or fast like food but red lobster or whatever i don't think that's too far off of olive garden i mean comment you know down below i, I don't know anything I, I would i, I would be going to moreto <laughs> like for for us in germany like why would, i'm, I'm lost right now yeah. my point being like you wouldn't have to like be the fine cuisine of like yeah. only facilitating the most well-chosen esports highbrow content like nobody is asking for that what we're asking is like a diversity of content where you can have the shit content alongside the good content by the way this is also down to reddit's algorithm itself that is shit like theoretically algorithmically you could favor like articles um by like saying okay maybe if someone actually comes back to the article and hits upvote that's a 5x in weight to video content maybe they're doing that maybe it's even worse than i'm thinking but yeah like we wanted everything to flourish there not that fucking right. low effort garbage that is now the norm um and i understand that incentive structures also like let's if i put myself into the position of a uh, of a reddit moderator where i'm like well no actually i will uh facilitate that content will make my unpaid job way harder on me it will uh also have the majority of the subreddit be pissy at me will receive possibly death threats because don't of be that a mod. or don't be a mod then <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yes Let but somebody else take it and i will also say this is something that the gaming companies of those games should be considering like you know what your game is going to be called before the guys that are saving the subreddit do beforehand, right? Like, Riot yeah, Games yeah, yeah. saved the name Valorant and then gave it to a moderation team. Yeah. You should have an active role in the landscape of how your social media is going to be built. And Reddit in that should have been, like, you, sh you should be in control of your subreddit and then, if it goes off the rails, if you know you're going to launch a, like, franchise league with millions and millions of dollars, maybe I put someone else on the moderation team. Maybe I'm even paying someone to uh, get a healthy conversion mm -hmm. in. Because, let's be, like, make no mistake, if you had one paid moderator on the overall um, subreddit, 
that facilitates esports content getting to the front page, even your own YouTube channel, that guy would have made his investment back tenfold by this point, right? Like, no questions answered, that would have been the case. Instead, they were hands-off in cases, I don't know, like, big companies are, like, just, oh, so inflexible about this, right? Like, that's an, I mean, I guess Riot is a capable of. But they're so far and so high up the ivory tower that they never considered doing that or didn't care enough because, after all, they're still a casual company. But, like, long story short, this is something that Blizzard could have helped with but chose not to do. And now we have the separation. We're sitting in here. I'm not sure if Overwatch 2 is a second chance to get in there. Maybe you can even approach them and go like... I, I don't think anything will change. I don't... Yeah, I, I think it'll I only get it worse. I want it to be the change. Like, this is what... Well, I, this, is exactly, this is exactly what I was talking about. They're just lazy. Like, look, I, look maybe I went a bit far saying, like, oh, they're fucking bad and evil and those kind of stuff. I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm angry. I'm just pissed off. But, like, yeah. the point is, is, like, yeah, you can... I mean, you can still just be bad by being lazy. You can just let something <laughs> burn. Yeah, it's like, well, shit's on fire. Should I get a fire extinguisher? Or, like, maybe that'd Somebody be too else much... Maybe maybe that you know oh, well, that would require me to fucking move my legs and you then use my arms to pick it up and then yeah. do the fucking motion. I could just sit here and let it burn. You know that's easy for me to do. Yeah. That's the moderators in isolation I've yeah. watched. So um, that's what I said, man. You're like, yeah. You talk to one of the mods. They're like, yeah, but you know <laughs> that would be more work. He was like, yeah, because you're fucking lazy. Is why you you were saying that. I think get, they, get the fuck out. Give I, give it to somebody that will do the work. Give it to someone else that cares. The thing is, I think it's actually worse. I'm pretty sure the some of the moderators were invited to World Cup before and stuff like that, so they they Ooh, had communication. I think so. Then I again, think. like okay, I I don't want to like get into Hell's Kitchen with like just saying things I vaguely remember and probably misrepresent too much. Yeah, so same. if you're a moderator of the of our Overwatch and feel like called out in the wrong way because my memory is hazy on that. But yeah, it feels like that was something huh. like that. I talked to this guy. Yeah. You're like, you're like treading on thin ice. You're like being real careful about it. I'm just fuck. I, like I said, I got the fucking B250 bomber out here. I'm fucking dropping bombs without giving a fuck right now. Um, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like if I, if I misremembered, no, I'm just, that I fucking, I've, I got nukes prepped. I'm not, I don't give a fuck anymore. Um, these guys, these motherfuckers have ruined this community for five years. Like they, they have zero sympathy from me. I don't mm. care what they think either. Um, yeah. so the point is, it's like, unfortunately, as this, this really pains me to say, once again, so it's every fiber of my body to say, but uh, it's one of the few places that like Reddit at all is one of the few places where you can join a gaming community to have discussions with an asterisk because you can't have discussions mm. on <laughs> slash Overwatch. Um, because people don't upvote that kind of stuff um is yeah it's it's sad because like if you are a new person let's say you're a new person right now you want to you're maybe you picked up overwatch recently god bless you and you're like oh i want why don't i go check out a half slash overwatch and then you'll find zero people talking about the game and before anyone says oh that's because there's no content motherfucker there's been five years yeah, of the same clips there was content there was content on release this game and that shit had not changed please don't come at me with that there's no content right now even when there was content even when the game was fresh people didn't fucking talk about the game properly okay so don't bring that to the table um so yeah i mean we we get to the point where like with overwatch 2 i mean <laughs> if nothing changes that's just it's just, it's just another barren graveyard once again It'll get another boost of attraction. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, people will post their yeah. now 5k diva bombs because you can't get a 6k anymore um and uh, 5k diva bomb quick play of watch 2 edition and then you know easy ten thousand upvotes so yeah you know it, something's got to be done um and i yeah, i agree i don't know like can you can you like evict them can you just get, <laughs> get these mods out i don't know what i don't know what to do i don't know what the thing to do is i don't know who's got the power i don't know who's got the capability I'm yeah. an angry guy yelling at a bar right now, okay? Yeah. And the bartender is like, as long as he's paying for drinks. But, you know, um, I'm getting a lot of shit off my chest, is what hey. it is. I'm, I'm mad about it. I'm mad, legitimately mad about it. It's got me pressed. Um, and anyone that cares about the game should have you pressed too. Yeah. Because it's a kick in the balls. Go to r slash League of Legends right now. Then go to r slash Overwatch. Or do it in whatever order you want to. Compare the two and tell me it's not fucking sad. Tell, say it to me. Say it to me straight. You know? It is the saddest fucking thing you can see in a gaming community. It really is disgusting. Yeah. Um, what a fucking cesspit. Arslash of watches. Can't believe it. Um, cool. I don't know if I have more to say on that. I think I've laid everything out. And um, I think it says it in the title, to be honest. I think when you when you Google uh, the League of Legends subreddit, uh, the title of the subreddit right now, uh, not in like the URL, but like the actual title is League of Arcane um you know shows how much obviously there's there's a lot of uh negativity and a lot of warranted negativity when it comes to the league of legends moderations team uh but uh they're plugged in give them that much yeah yeah uh, imagine having threads with thousands of comments and ten thousand upvotes mm. uh couldn't be couldn't be our community couldn't be us so yeah I I won't pretend, and I, to you know, to be fair as well, yes, it doesn't help that our game doesn't have content. It does not help. Of course, yeah. But, um, Very true, and yeah. to, to sort of finish up on the whole self-fulfilling prophecy thing I was talking about earlier, it's like, if, if, the, if the subreddit is just full of bullshit, then the people that actually want to talk about the things they want to talk about move on, and they move away. And they mm. go to r slash cow, they go to r slash overwatch university, where, you know, they go to whatever other subreddit... That actually people will actually talk about stuff um and for anyone saying like well good isn't that like a good thing then then people can go where they want to and talk about where they want to and the people that want to post bullshit and just post the bullshit isn't that a good thing well it's like you can have that view on that or maybe i'll let me place this seed seed of uh of an idea into your brain which is that what if we didn't have to do that what if it could all just exist on our slash overwatch and that could just be the central Reddit where everyone does everything and we could all talk about things. Again, using r slash League of Legends as the example, not a perfect subreddit, not perfect, but holy fuck, it does look like heaven right now compared to what we have. So I'll take that. Um, like, Why should we have to have multiple different subreddits for different things like that? Why, why is it that people had to be evicted out of r slash Overwatch for just wanting to be talking about regular, normal things? Mm. And, you know, uh, when I say normal things, I mean just like, interesting discussions an actual discussion where you can actually talk about things you know it's just it shouldn't be called r slash overwatch it should be called r slash overwatch bad clips like low skill clips it should just be called r slash incredibly bad overwatch clips it's, it's like name the subreddit what it's actually there like that's my message to the mods as well it's like yeah we're just we're going to give the people what they want okay cool why don't you create your own subreddit that's called r slash bad overwatch clips and that can be your that can be the subreddit <laughs> And don't taint the main one with like, you know, what you have now. Yeah, I think the the, the uh, argument also has to be that 
it is not just about selecting what the type of person who likes that content. It's also growing an appetite for certain types of content in the already yes. existing yes. fan base. It's not like yep, we're exactly. we're like okay, like you go to the left side if you like clips, and you go to the right side if you don't. Like you can bring the horse towards the water and say, ah, oh, you know, like look at this clip from the Overwatch League. That's kind of everything. Right, like you, uh, yeah. you can, can have the pro clips, yeah. Foster the uh, the appetite for that type of content and engage people and help them find like dope stuff. If they don't like it, you don't like it, whatever, right? But we mm. we not even have the we don't even have the offering for them in order to get there. They will never see that, even though they might. Yeah, like think about that actually, like the enjoy additional enjoyment of a deeper experience that you're robbing from that audience. That they yeah. otherwise would be exposed to, if they actually saw that content in front of their in their news feeds. Yeah, yeah. It's just three point seven. I see that number three point seven million, and it brings a tear to my eye. It's just sad to look at because there's three point seven million subs. Who, I mean, of which three point six eight whatever thousand of them, you know, three point six something million of them, like. <laughs> They clearly don't regularly visit because you only get. I don't know what the trend is. I'm not going to try and throw it on. It's got again. It's got two thousand people actively on it as of me saying it right now. On mm. a good day, let's let's imagine it's double or triple that. So maybe six thousand. I don't know. I'm making up a number right now. We'll just pretend it's double, triple. I'll give you even quadruple, eight k. How about I even give you ten times about twenty k? That's still a fucking drop in the bucket compared to two, yeah. three point seven million. Correct. Yeah. That means that even on your best day, you are getting like a marginal fraction of 3.7 million people, which means, which says to me, that's the stat that it says to me is like, maybe most people don't actually care about watching the same clip for the millionth time. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe like, it's just, it's just so many people that we haven't reached. It's just so many people that we don't have engaging with Overwatch or better yet, Overwatch esports in the Overwatch League or anything, even esports related or even competitive, forget even esports or competitive related, like just ranked. It's just if we just upgraded clips from quick play to rank, that would fucking imp improve the experience like 10 times already just on its own. But you know, they, we're not even fostering that kind of content. So you're absolutely, you're dead on the money there. You're just going to be talking about like people don't even get, ex they don't even get exposed to what quote unquote good content even looks like because all they see is the same garbage. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, they don't even, they don't even, they don't even know that I, I feel it stakers out there. They're fucking still on the fucking 20th chocolate bar they've had for the 20th day in the row. No, it's all about exposure, and I think that's, yeah, that's the problem. It's such invisible harm, theoretically, that's being done to people, right? Like, and let's be honest, the Overwatch League is about the only novel content that has been consistently been produced over the last two years. That, like, as as a content offering in terms of Overwatch, and like, also seeing like the pros play or what is possible, like how mm -hmm. do the, they, like even the meta diversity now, like everything would have been pr probably pretty enticing to even like casuals in terms of like just a novelty and then seeing also the product improve. And I don't know, like I, I think like the offering in terms of what content Overwatch League brought is generally probably the best stuff we've gotten in the last two years in terms of Overwatch, right? So it's, like the only, it's literally the only thing we got. So yeah, yeah. best and only. But definitely, it's been. And I've, I've been proud of the Overwatch League content. We did some really good content this year. But like, I mean, it's and people might look at this and this entire. I don't even know how long we've gone for now. So this is definitely a three-hour episode now. <laughs> is 
uh, was about to be is uh, so Joe, like maybe only three, two, one question. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, that's for a little bit later on. So people might look at what I'm saying here over this, this entire rant to be like, oh yeah, you know, Avril's trying to be divisive here. Like, you know, he's trying to throw the casuals under the bus and he's trying to be, you know, he's trying to like be superior or some bullshit. You're going to you're gonna put a label on me now. Okay. Um, what I'm actually trying to do, if you read between the lines and what I, and you don't have to, cause I'm about to just tell you to your face, what I'm actually trying to do is bring it all together. I'm actually trying to re reunite it all. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like you're saying, like, it should all be able to coexist. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to introduce everybody into everybody else so that we can all coexist together happily. Because I, I hate this thing that goes back to 2016, 2017, where there was such there was such hatred from the casual community towards the esport of the, the likes of which I've never fucking seen. And that left such a sour taste in my mouth. And yeah, okay, I'll I'll be straight about it and I'll 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 admit where I I'll admit that I'm being really vindictive about it because like that experience was so <laughs> aggressively bad from my POV. Mm. Like I, I, I still, I foster like such negative feelings of the casual community from that. And it doesn't apply to all of them. So, you know, I'm not going to put everyone on the same bus in the same yeah. blanket here. But um, the point is, is like, you know, I would actually like to bring it all together and, and have it all unite so that we can have something closer to our social collections where people can talk about all sorts of things, esports, whatever other discussions, random bs and you can still have clips in there maybe every now and then you can get a bs clip but hopefully we get better quality clips as well it's not that i hate clips people think people might come out of this like i would just hate clips i don't think they're great but I'm, i i tolerate them and i think that's mm. okay um i'll watch a clip every now and then if it's decent and maybe i have a maybe maybe i'm being grandiose and i have a i have a i have some specific taste about what clips i like or not maybe but um yeah i mean yeah it's just trying to foster something more positive and something yeah. that will bring about like greater awareness to the overall Overwatch product and franchise and esport and everything combined together yeah. rather than having everything so split and the main reddit having so many people yet such little care and such bullshit generally on in terms of content yeah yeah i think that'd be a reason why there's so there's so many little active users yes obviously you have to address the the caveat that yeah there's no content right now but um when there isn't any kind of substance then i can't imagine people would want to come back and, and tune in right it's just kind of the, the way shit works yo this is comical so our overwatch still has a flair called esports but you literally cannot filter by esports on the sidebar that's the one flair that isn't uh, <laughs> isn't on the. Oh, that's oh, that's so sad. Hey, 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 Yuska! Why do they have flares at all? They have a flare called highlight. I, I thought that was the only content that was there. I don't know why they have flares. Isn't all the content just highlights? Yeah. <laughs> they. The sorry, I was I wasn't aware they had content that wasn't highlights. Just for a matter <laughs> of fact, I wasn't aware of that at all. Before anybody starts to come for any any of these hosts, uh, please come for me. Please try and come for me. How dare you? Fair. I, I won't put words in Avril's mouth. Um, but let let's not uh, let's not mince words. None of us are actually using the filters. Um, and if you are, I think you're in the vast majority or minority. Um, I think most people are going. It's whatever hot tab is open initially when you get to Reddit, and you scroll through that front page, and you probably click off to go do something else, right? If that doesn't keep your attention, then you're not clicking filter. It's you're you're in the minority if you're actually doing that. So yeah. that's not a that's not a logical, you know, counterpoint to what what Avril's saying. 
Yeah. At okay. least not for the vast majority. <sighs> yeah, I know. And if you have any if you have any thoughts on that, please respond in the YouTube comments or whatever please comments. Do. Please do. In the, in the Spotify comment. No, they don't have any Spotify comments. Um, I'd be keen to hear your thoughts. Um, yeah. Be keen to be keen to hear your thoughts if you disagree as well. If you'd like to have a debate about it, I feel bad for anyone that wants to have an argument with me. I have I have mental warfare in my brain every day of the week. Is it one of those things that you really like sit on the toilet and you just argue through it like a hundred times know. and you've I, gone through all the? I always feel like if someone wants to try and start an argument with me, the first thing is like, man, I feel bad that you want to, you really want to try and start an argument with an INTP. This is going to go bad for you. This is really not going to go well for you at all. I my personality. My specific personality, I have, like I said, mental warfare debates in my own brain nonstop all day, every day. It's, it's just, it's passive. I can't, I can't stop it. It just goes, it just happens. Mm. Um, I engage with, <laughs> I engage in so much debate. It like, it hurts. It's painful. Help me. This is a cry for help. This entire <laughs> help, house, please. It's a big cry for help. Please help me. Um, I need help. I need professional help. As uh, we're gonna go to, we're gonna move on now. What time do we spend on that? Okay, an hour and a half. Well, that's all. That's all we got time for, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Do we talk about? Uh... <laughs> I get to some of these signings at Players least. Now? All right, you guys. All right, start the signings. Animoto, Florida. Go. Oh, oh, man. I was oh. I was really upset when I saw this because really yeah because I upset felt like <laughs> I which side are you upset for I for myself because I really <laughs> wasted a great pick for a player you hate to see the uh, do well in your watch league true that was my first okay let's okay let's let's not be the dick not more so than I need to. But man, oh, I don't know. Like th that might just be the man with the with the biggest amount of intangibles that has ever been in your league. Because at no point have I thought this guy's a top performer, and somehow he's always like in pretty decent teams, right? Yeah, like Genuinely. he must. And as far as I'm aware, well regarded, right? He's like reasonably well regarded, I think. Yeah. Or the players hate him. I actually don't know. Yeah. Am I, am I bullshitting? I'm... I don't know. Not sure. He, I mean, I don't think there's too much on it. My man's like Nas 2.0 at this point. Like it actually, like he just slipped into those giant shoes and just filled them completely. Can I hit you with a spontaneous get off the hunt before sure. we actually get to the sure. segment? Can you rank these three main supports? Chris, Nuss, Animo. Chris, Animo, Nuss. God, you hate him so much. <laughs> uh, I've rolled the same to you. That's hard. Man. I'll just put Animo first, and okay. then Chris Nuss. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't see. I didn't see a huge amount of Chris. Fair or yeah. Nuss. I don't know. Nah, dude. I'm um, I'm a little. I'm biased towards <laughs> nah, Animo because I follow this guy. I follow this guy like his whole career. But True. Yeah. Nuss is like uh, just like from what I see on the server. Who are you had more contribution towards Shanghai Dragons winning the championship this year than Nuss had in season one? Because he was not actually actively negatively impacting the game. Yeah. But hey, dude, oh my god. This, he basically, like, Nuss should get the Lee Tejon award. If we think Ooh, about it. Now that's a throwback. 
I don't know that too Wait, many what's people Felicia remember. Tune the award? Yeah, I don't even know what that award is. It's it's the award for like the the so if people remember, Lunatica, you're gonna have to. I you're gonna have to rewrite this. Right. So in season was it three of Apex when uh, who are you was benched? Yes. So Lunatica was still clearly one of the best teams in the world, right? Like, mm -hmm. even who are you being, like, swapped out wasn't going to change that. Jaehong was on some different shit. Miro was just, like, still one of the top performers there. Uh, Zumba was great. Like, everyone was just... Toby, of course. Like, everyone was pretty, pretty top tier. To Eska for what he was doing was still pretty decent. And, like, Lee Tae-jun coming in, dude, like... I mean, this guy was clearly worse than everyone else on that team and was, like, just carried to a title when, mm -hmm. like... Did he even play? Not much. Because if you play. remember correctly, it was Guido in the yes. final. Yeah, Guido Guido not only popped then, off yeah. and, and got MVP. Guido yeah. and Eska, yeah. Yes, yeah. Eska on Soldier and Sombra and... Yeah, did yeah. some weird rotations and shit, but yeah, it was... I mean, that Lite rotation June, was... I don't even remember Lee Tejun playing. Yeah, just the most mediocre Tracer player to ever They play tried in the beginning so hard. They wanted him yes. to work so yes. badly, dude. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you're a nice guy, but like, oh, you don't, you're really not clicking that well, bro. Like, you and by I mean? not clicking, I don't mean with the team, everyone likes you. Yeah, yeah. You're not clicking heads, mate. Like, the <laughs> you're not clicking the mouse. He's, he's one of those dudes from like 2016, mm. 20. Yeah, 2016, 2017. Well, I guess, yeah, well, definitely 2017. Like, he's one of those OG Lunatic High guy, Lunatic High, Lunatic High guys with, like, um, you guys remember Dean? There's another mm -hmm. guy Dean who was on the team. The history of that team is they all came from, I think, it was Sudden Attack 2 or something like that. Yeah. Was sudden Strike 2. I can't remember. Uh, special Forces, I think. Bro, there's too many. There's, it's one I of those know. They're Korean, all kind of the same. It's, it's one of those Korean Counter Strike clones. So I can they tell came you right now. So, like, um, I was about to say Lee Jae gone. That's not completely the wrong person. So yeah. Lee Jae Tun D. Lee Jae um, Lee Jae. Um, okay, I'm saying Lee Jae Tun. Yeah. So what the fuck? Say it again. My brain just melted. Lee Tae Jae. Lee Tae Jae. Yes. Because now you're now you're infecting me. I'm like <laughs> Lee Tae Jae. Yeah. So Lee Tae Jae and Dean and Lee Jae uh, yes. Hong and all those guys came from special this, uh, special special force too. Sheesh. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Is that my man was Okay, it is special force. What a bad name, by the way. What a bad name for a game. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> like if we that'd be, like, be like if we if we released a, a FPS game in the Western world called Shooty Man's Three. Like, like <laughs> it's just such a bad name. Like <laughs> The thing is, man, Counter-Strike is really not a great name either. Like if if you just like if you Try to it's okay. just. It's not as like great, special force to like. I don't know, like. Yeah, no, that's definitely like names, but it, it's it's interesting to see what is acceptable if you just have marinated in the name long enough. Which just like ah oh, yeah, you know, it's whatever now. Mm -hmm. If you had a counterterrorism game called Policeman Shooter Five or something like that, just like okay. <laughs> What are you guys doing? What are you doing? Um, so, yeah. Okay. So back to back, back to, to Anima. Back to Nuss. Sure. Yes. Them too. So you compared Nuss to Lee J. Tun. Lee, fuck me. Lee, Lee Tae Jun. Tae -Jun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. If it helps, just call him Tae Jun. 
I think that would maybe yeah deviate away. But yeah, like Anamo is another. He's like the archetypal player who probably has a potential to coach at some point because at this point maybe, it has yeah. to be intangibles, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Since I think season two, I've been like, this kid's not. It's just not cutting it. Yeah. There's always holes. There's the it's it's not up to snuff when you look at some of like the more mechanically gifted main supports who may also bring some of those intangibles along. Maybe not to to the same degree, but um, yeah, I and snuck better better man. Like everyone's like, yeah. oh, maybe we we should just go to flex supports. Like this game is getting heavily mechanical. Like especially in season one, they're like, ah, oh, you know. I guess, like, if you like, we we just like get one of the worst mechanical players in the league to just like fill that role. It's like uh, at that point, just bring back Costa. Really, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a it's a weird move, but apparently, like, he popped off in um, in trials. Trials, yeah. which is one of the worst sentences hey. that foreshadow bad performances in esports history. <laughs> like, <laughs> This man, this team already ha had suffered through with Zephyr. Like, how do you make that same mistake again, boy? Like, I mean, we can. I think we can trust Gunba. I think we can trust yes. that coaching staff. They've never really done well, us too dirty. But it is, you know, I I hold I'll hold reservations, dude. If he passed the Gunba vision test, he passes. Sure, because yeah. like you know, your individual eye test. You know, someone might pop off on a map or two, and your eye test, you might be like, oh, bit Okay, this guy, he's, this guy popped up, maybe we should pick him up. Well, the Gumba Vision doesn't lie. Mm. Gumba Vision, well, you know, it'll beep, boop, beep, boop, it'll, it'll spit out, you know, one of those like 80s supercomputers that fill the entire yeah. room and it, it prints out this gigantic fax looking thing. That's the Gumba Vision right there. And it's, it's got little graphs on it. It's like a size monitor. And it's just like it, it lists out Animo and all of its Animo good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's what? It's like a, three square foot sheet of paper and it just says animo good that's it that's the only thing it says that's on all it. you need to know <laughs> takes, it's takes all synthesized elite, down takes compressed print nah. out yeah the thing is like if that machine tells me that animo will, would be a good ana or zen then it's about as reliable software as a tesla autopilot bro like at that shit like it is practically impossible or unbelievable to me that that would be a good thing if if for them like even Bab I mean, would be, oh, nah, nah. It might be really rough. This is the system that found like Asuna and shot up in Valorant. True, this is the yeah. system that found like all the, I don't know, that put, like Kai, like put like Kai and Shaxx together in the Valley. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it has worked sure. in the past. Like you gotta, yeah, you gotta give credit where credit's due. It also tolerates now, McGravy though. <laughs> oh, bro, you're being harsh. You're being that's right. Um, what did what did McGravy do to you? Anyway, um, uh, maybe the only caveat I'll say is I don't know how well it processes information on support players, especially main support players, because for DPS it's very basic. Like, <laughs> sure, how does the shooty man click the head? Yes, boom, pick this guy up. Right. Uh, for a main support, you have to look at a you. I don't know. I don't even know what you're supposed to look at there. I'm sure Gumba's figured it out and. The rest of us are catching up, but um, who knows? So I don't even know what popped off in trials means. Like popped off how? Yeah. Did he play Lucio and did he get like lots of fucking environmentals? Like what? Is, what has popped off as far as 
main support trials that he fucking whipped the pistol the mercy glock out you know doing some uvelto level stuff and just killing people like what did he do you know what does that mean i i would get if it was maybe a flex support and you know maybe you look at some damage stats or you look at x or y other maybe hits a bunch of sleep darts it's a lot more mm. readable a lot more like immediate but main support feels really invisible in a lot of the things that it does well um so unless you're lee j god and you're like seriously getting crazy environmentals on lucio's sure. it's like it's hard for anyone to see what the fuck's going on so um sure okay eric's saying that he was apparently helping protect Majed in a lot of dives in their trials, stuff like that. Yeah. So maybe he was peeling quite well. I will say this. I was impressed with Animo's Brig by the end of the season. Because I cast a lot of soul games, right? Yeah. And Animo's Brig towards the end of the season like really started to impress me. It was very clutch. Um, his rally up time was really good. And he would turn around a lot of fights. I mean, you could argue that rally that rally and Brig is kind of broken anyway. But all I'm saying is like for a guy that's usually very invisible as a player mm, on everything he plays, he for me to notice anything he yeah. does is like a big change of pace. I'm like, whoa, I just noticed Animo. How the fuck did that happen? How did I notice this guy? This guy's like, mm. for the most part, he's a very invisible player, but I noticed yes. him. That's crazy to me. So, I don't know. I was, I was pleased with what I saw. Yeah. To be fair, this might just be one of my takes where in season two, I was like, you know, Fleta is kind of like washed now. <laughs> And that one aged so badly, mate. <laughs> that was one. It, I never publicly said it. If you remember, it was one of my uh, Voyame tweets of, of where I impersonated you. Yeah. What? But like, washed compared to what, though? I feel like to be washed, you had to have like some really high peak somewhere. Yeah, no. Like my my point was like he was past his peak and he was never going to be the same again. And I don't then, even know uh, if his peak was that high. In the first two years, I feel like he didn't hit his peak until Shanghai anyway. Like, I feel like uh, all the first two years of his gameplay was just like, it was good, but not I feel blow like, your socks off. I, I feel like the first half of season one was pretty sweet, where everyone was like, okay, this guy might be the best player in the world at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, like, he would sort yeah, of suffer. Really? Yeah, on Widow. Okay. I think for a little Shin bit. Shin on kids, yeah. Really? Wasn't, yeah. wasn't very long. I mean, so was, I mean, so was Pine. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and Pine was way flashier. I don't know. Like, fucking Linksa was shitting on people as Widowmaker in the first season. Like, come on, like the counter. That wasn't even. That wasn't even like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that. I, I, Why I remember this so vividly is like I had like a like this um what's it called um I had this debate show with uh sideshow where we like argued. Mm. Okay, he said, like, Ru Jae Hong was going to be, like, the best player coming into Overwatch League because that was a popular opinion. I would argue probably wasn't even the best player in Apex Season 4 by a long shot. And he came right. in, sucked. Yeah, to be fair, I'm not sure if he really had that opinion or if he played that, like, sure, someone yeah. has to take the shit opinion and play the devil's advocate because sometimes there's only one good opinion, but there might be good <laughs> content in there, right? So, um... But I remember saying, no, it's going to be Fledder. And then I felt like maybe it wasn't the first half. Maybe it was just the first quarter, which is still a pretty big uh, volume, to be fair, mm. at that time. But like, he definitely popped off and everyone's like, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense now <laughs> seeing that. Also, in contrast to like everyone saying, oh, you might be alive, you know, like, oh, yeah, flush lugs, but also reason why it sucked, probably taking way too many resources. Even like after Soul Cup, like he just like is in Lunatic High, and that's why it's like super easy for him to succeed. And then, of course, like he was the best player for uh, yeah. Soul at that time. 
Oh. Yeah, but Saul was shitting them. I mean, who? Who was his? His partners were like Munchkin and Munchkin shit. You know? and Bunny his, originally. His partners yeah. were like Wicked and stuff. Like, come yeah. on. Like, he, he's not competing with much on his own team. You're talking about a mirror that's way past his prime. You're talking about Lee Jae Oh, I'm not Lee Jae Why am I doing this? Ru Jae Hong. I don't, why am I using Ru Jae Hong? Lee Jae Anyway, Ru Jae uh, Hong was still pretty good at the time. Um, but he mm. was he was starting to go slightly. Then they it put was him a on slow main downhill. I'm not gonna lie. He's, he wasn't jumping off a cliff or anything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was a it was a decline. It, he was on a decline. Maybe it was only a couple of degrees down, but. It was a decline. Um, so I'm not saying Sol, he wasn't really competing. This, uh, saying like Flitter is the best player on his team, I feel like doesn't say a lot when, yeah. you know, that's like me saying, oh yeah, Milan was the best player in Valiant for sure by, by a mile. But uh, I'm, I, that's not a fair comparison because of it, you know, Valiant, so that's not really, effort, but you know what I'm saying. I'm just trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. put an analogy out there. Um, so back to Animo is like, I was actually quite impressed by Animo's debut in the league on NYXL. I got like benched arc like straight away. I, when I came in, because I knew I knew what he was bringing to the table when he mm. joined, because I casted the guy at pre-Overwatch League, and, and he killed, He was on the same team as DM Erster, by the way, uh, and Smurf, uh, by the way. Smurf was actually perma-benched on that team. This was um, the original Ardient team that played in Pacific. That uh, oh, And Moon was coaching that team too. Mm-hmm. So Moon was coaching all those guys together. Uh, and they played land in Taiwan. So, you know, fast forward, he joins the Overwatch League, he joins NYXL. I'm like, yeah, this guy's going to be good. I know he's good. Because this guy was like really strong in OPC. Uh, to be fair, the competition wasn't really challenging him. So it's not like he's going to get punished. And um, I'd always heard that he was like a strong shot caller, really smart player. Um, and the reason why I said, like, you know, generally players have good things to say about him. I don't know. Maybe I, you know, when I try and watch and engage with, player content let's say it's nyxl content or otherwise um mm. you know people always regard when i say people as like the other players and they always kind of regard him as like the igl and the kind of brains of a team and kind of like the shot caller in a way and i guess that's he's doing that i believe based on what albert said in his tweet i might have to dig up the tweet so i don't misrepresent what he's saying um but just to paraphrase anyway I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna paraphrase. I'm just gonna find the tweet because I think it's, it'd just be more accurate. Yeah, yeah I mean, at this point, um, it, it seems like it's only natural that you know a lot of these intangibles would shine through. Um, so here it is. He's been on needed, teams. Needed a stabilizing veteran presence on the team and someone with a complimentary hero pool to Majed. Animo had surprisingly decent English and did a really good job in our trials peeling for Majed. Really pleased with our rebuild this off season. Can't wait for next season. So, yeah, I mean. It's funny when you said intangibles, because I'm like, that was like the word. If you had asked me how to describe Animo mm. in a single word, I think that'd be the number one word. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it has to be. It's, there's nothing else. It's got to be the intangibles. Um, and main supports, you know, they do, and they're expected to bring. They do. You, you do expect them to bring a lot of intangibles to the table. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm... I hold a minor amount of reservation um, with Animo and, and this team as a whole. Um, I think ideally, yeah, you would want you know a veteran presence to come in and try to rally these 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 rookies up and and really give them you know some experience to kind of stand behind. Uh, it's yeah, that's a that's a that's asking kind My, of a lot. We'll see. I'm the only one that doesn't hate this pickup. I mean, I, I, mean I, I worry about the, the nature of it being 
a mixed roster rather than a full Korean roster because he's only played in four Korean rosters. But True. Besides think... that, am I the only one that doesn't hate this pickup? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, ca I can't. Like, I, I don't know what they needed necessarily. I'm not sure who's out there. <laughs> Usually, like, I I find myself agreeing when I when I consider the full um the full availability of sensibly doable moves that uh Bam does. Same with mm. Checkmate. I think there was legitimately no um better solution for them at that time that they didn't pursue. So mm. I trust that that was also reasonable. But um yeah. I I don't know like it I guess it depends on if you think you necessarily need a main support or like how many you can even get for that role are allowed to buy your budget or what your budget is and like at what point in the off season you had to have these forks could you have like taken someone else do you necessarily need a korean flex support a main support that translates mm -hmm. or whatever like those when everything like that is taken into consideration i would probably weigh the importance of them those differently and not saying I would be better. That's probably very likely not. But um, it's like usually there's a rather sound argument made from Florida and through their moves. Well, didn't uh, did Albert say on on Platchet that he they were looking at Moth but couldn't couldn't get him? That's what was said, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, it seems like there was some. Some reason I don't think he divulged, but um, yeah, I guess from my understanding, uh, they wanted to trial Moth, but it didn't work out, as in they could not get Moth to trial. Yeah. Uh, based on what about reasons. FC God? I could try. No idea, actually. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I'm I, taking I, FD God over Animo, my my friends. Yeah, but how well does FD God peel for Majed? Checkmate. I mean, I know uh, how well FD Guild clicks heads, though. And I'd be a big believer in that in Overwatch 2. That's mm -hmm. true. It's like, I, I also know that Mayhem were going for a very, you know, mechanically strong roster, because I think people would have been surprised by Majed as well, but something that Albert did also say was that he was impressed by the mechanics shown by Majed, and that's mm -hmm. something they value, they being the Mayhem organization, valuing a lot going to Overwatch 2. Um, but I would not describe Adamo as a mechanically powerful player, at least based on what I've seen. No. So that that does surprise me a little bit. I'll be honest with you. So I, I didn't expect that. Um, yeah, I don't hate the pick. I don't, I'm not in love with it because obviously, mm. you know, you've you there's some other players on the market that like you've named that are pretty good uh, on paper anyway. So I'm not too sure. I, I think the biggest concern for me is how he's going to work on a mixed roster. Yeah. Because he just hasn't played in one. He's been... he's. I think his entire career has legit, legitimately been Korean only. And for the most part, he has been able to also play out a career as well because he's gone from NYXL, where sure, NYXL did play in LA, but eventually that was a Korean team. Um, that did they Was he on NYXL when they were in fully in Korea? I can't remember. Um. And then on Seoul, he's on Seoul. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, he hasn't had to really delve into any sort of Western roster or Western environment outside of his initial debut. Mm -hmm. 
I'll, I'll look forward to seeing what he can do. I, I think he'll go okay. I think people under underrate him heavily. I think he's a super underrated... I think the biggest argument people have against him is like, oh, he doesn't do a lot. But I'm like, yeah, well, that's what intangible players are. They don't they don't look mm-hmm. like they do a lot <laughs> on the outside. 100%. Yeah, if he's, if he's, again, good enough to kind of keep around, which obviously has been the case because of the things that he's doing behind the scenes, then yeah, it's tough to argue. Um... Yeah, I guess we'll just have to ask Albert. Like end of season, like all right, what's up? What's up with Animo? Like what are you? What are you hearing that we're not seeing? End of season. I I just don't know that he'll he'll spill the beans mid season. Ideally, that'd be the case, but you know, drop a line, see what happens. Right, right, right. Maybe privately. Um, cool. <laughs> so Animo, done and dusted there. Mm. Let's talk about. Uh, next play on the list is actually. Did we want to talk about day one at all for Mayhem? I don't really have much to add there. Um, he obviously was on like WGS. So I don't. I don't know a lot yeah. about day one, but I'm sure. I'm sure if Gumber and Co believe in him, then yeah, yep. I'm happy with that. So yeah, he was on WGS and Team CC. Um, the only thing I'll add is his time on Team CC was at a time when CC was a little bit bad this year, but mm. maybe he was a good coach with a team that was falling apart, I'm not going to pretend I know. So let's move on to the next player signing that we haven't talked about. So Admiral plus London overall. I'll be the first to say, I don't actually really know much about Admiral. So I don't know if I have a lot to say on this, but it's a promotion from Hurricane, is it not? As far as I'm aware. Um, Community sentiment is that I think they like him. I think he's good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not going to try and pretend. I'm not going to try and pretend. I don't actually know. To be fair, yeah, no, I yeah. hear his name brought up a lot. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, it was very hard to not upgrade uh, over the last backline. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I also, unfortunately, haven't followed uh, European contenders enough in order to have a good opinion here, but... Um, yeah, I mean, there it's were your some... home region. It's your home region. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, home region. But uh, you know, what's up? My excuse is that the time zones. My excuse is like, my I just can't watch the time zones. Bad. Oh, of course. Um, but also, like, I just, I don't I actually don't even remember the last time I watched Harry Kane or, or the EU contenders. Generally speaking, personally, just because, yeah. like, anyway. But yeah, so. What I will, three people. I will say with Admiral doing some save us, uh, Joe, save us. research uh, prior in the year or earlier this year, um, spoke with a couple coaches um, when asked who uh, was most likely to get into the Overwatch League, Admiral was very high on the list. So this is somebody who is, you know, caught a lot of coaches attention, somebody Obviously, that fits within the London Spitfires kind of core tenets of, you know, kind of fostering, bringing up, fostering, bringing up. Um, yeah, should be somebody that, you know, again, like as I said, it's kind of hard not to improve. Uh, but yeah, it should be a, a sizable improvement uh, for a team that kind of needs one. Yeah. Now, we haven't... Um... I, for one one thing real quick, by the way, I, I do actually really appreciate when someone like Albert comes out for Mayhem and actually, like, puts in some additional 
thoughts or reasoning are like, oh, we picked up this player because X or Y. Mm. Um, that actually provides some good insight. Actually, you know, I kind of wish more London teams. did that for... Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, more team. Uh, sorry for specifically pointing out London, but since we are on that topic, yeah, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know enough about Admiral to form a, a good opinion. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I kind of have that feeling for most of this. I don't know. I look at the entire London roster mm-hmm. and part of me is like, man, I just, like most of these players, I don't know well enough. I think the the, the main one is Poco. I mean, we, everyone knows Poco. You know, yeah. He's been in the league since day one. Um, we obviously watched Hardy this season. Shaxx and Sparker, I believe, are still there on a two-way. We watched them as well. That all seems fine. I, it's the rest of the, it's the new guys. There's the new players coming into London outside of poker that I'm not super certain on. Just because I haven't seen them play. I don't really know them at all. Yeah, I think my biggest question mark. I mean, we've, I think, I mean, I can definitely vouch for Provide. I think he's been stellar and has been, you know, deserving skill-wise of a, an Overwatch League slot. My biggest question mark is Backbone. Um, this is somebody who, in those same kind of talks with the same coaches, a little bit farther down those lists, um, mm-hmm. somebody who, you know, obviously has some potential. I, I, I trust uh, both Christopher and Nuki uh, in their eyes for the most part. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of remains to be seen for me. Um, kind of have to do a little bit more digging um, on, on them in particular. But yeah, that's the the big one that I'm like, I don't know. That's that's a big role to fill. And Okay, mm. I'm gonna and I'll and I'll, I'll go here because I know I know someone's gonna ask anyway, mm. and um, you know we get to the point where it's probably worth while talking about it, at least in a tiny amount of way. We all know where this is going, and uh, I, I'm not gonna we're not gonna get into a huge debate on the provide situation because there's actually not a lot to debate on yeah. because I don't think anyone approves of. Yeah. His past and you know the the racist comments he's made, all that kind of stuff. If you're not caught up to date and what I'm talking about yet, no one approves of that. Um, but I, I think it's my opinion is that it's not. It's definitely it's not up to me to decide whether he should or shouldn't be in the league. What I can say is like, you know, I, I think that's going to come down to whether the league decides that's that's a reasonable mm-hmm. thing or not. And beyond that, also, if London London have clearly already made that decision, I believe that's an okay thing to do or not. And um i also i'm not going to pretend like i know him i don't know him at all i've never talked to this guy i've never engaged with this person we don't follow each other i've i've never even watched him playing so i can't even speak to his own his personal ability but i've heard from other people that they say he's a, he's a good player I'll, I'll believe them um but what i who the people i do know is i know christopher i know nuki nuki's a big friend of the show we had her mm. on for episode 200 i've known nuki since the start of overwatch um you know we were both mods in uh the good old the ow discord together mm. at one stage before i you know wasn't really a part of that and to be fair that discord started dying anyway but you know that's besides the point my point is is that look i'm happy for now to trust nuki because i know her as a person know her character i'm sure you guys do as well yeah, um nice. and she's putting her reputation on the line london's putting their reputation on the line christopher's putting his on the line as well like these are people that there's a there's a list of people that this has to go through for approval before mm. it's not just one person whoever it is being like yeah let's get provide on haha you know that doesn't doesn't work like that is there's a long list of approvals and to to get a certain to get certain people on board and 
I think London, Nuki, Christopher, and the rest of the staff wouldn't put themselves at this kind of risk unless they believed it was worth it. Yep. Now, there's there's more nuance than that. I mean, it's a very sensitive topic. Uh, there's more nuance to that, and I'm not going to try and pretend like I have any, you know, part to play or any sort of opinion or any sort of position there because it's, you know, I'm I'm not on either side of the party. Like, I'm not... I'm not uh, in any of the camps. I don't know. Am I saying this properly? Like, I'm not. I'm not a position where like I can. I can say who are, who can or shouldn't be either offended or not offended or a victim right. or not a victim or yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. I'm not saying any of that because I'm not. I'm not. I'm remo- removing myself from that situation because I don't have a part to play in it at all. Is basically what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and absolutely, no one should. No one should forgive this guy. If they don't want to, like in, in your personal, in your own personal being, you, no one's asking that you should forgive him. And it's, I don't think it's an automatic forgiveness for him to join either. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that is my opinion, but it's also like, I don't know. Um, I'm willing to personally defer this to the people that actually, that actually know him and are putting their reputations in line for this person. Good. Yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely impossible to for for the outside to like how do you verify the negative unless you monitor literally hundred percent of this hmm. uh, online output, right? Like it's it's impossible to really fact check there, and uh, un- unless you find him guilty of like reengaging into that, right? So so far, I haven't seen anything. Um. But yeah, like I, I, I don't know where to land in terms of, um, mm. like the the forgiveness aspect. I think a lot of people brought up the argument of, is it really a, that bad to ban someone indefinitely from like this one profession and like just not right. have him reengage there? I don't necessarily know the answer to that. I will say, from my own values, whatever is in indefinitive punishments always no never vibe with me like they they feel very draconic and i i cannot imagine even like in a situation where i i'm personally affected by it more cannot imagine a crime where i would def- like put in uh def- indefinitive punishment on it and feel good about it mm. um so yeah I, I i don't know how to solve that situation i think there's no good way um, and we'll see how it plays out. Unfortunately, like I think the 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 vector of what he could theoretically do is like he could just like be very very actively positive. Um, and the question is like how how sincere would that be received, or um, or he it could not work, right? And I'm also. Strictly speaking, by my nature, I'm very risk averse. So if I was the general mm-hmm. manager, I probably wouldn't take that chance. Sure. Um, exactly. Right. Yeah. So just which is why, like my my entire pos- point and position is like, I think London could have gone with other people 100. percent They've probably been. They, you want a flex support? There's probably a number of other flex supports you can take. Um, which is why, to me, that if they are willing to take this risk. It's like not a small decision. It's not a small yeah. thing to do because you know, 
provide comes in with i was about to say baggage but that's like that's like a mega understatement this guy's got like a this guy's got many closets full of skeletons at this stage you know it's it's pretty bad mm. um and you know the shitstorm you're bringing along with it so to go to this effort to do that like i mean if you were just looking it's the, the justification isn't oh he's a good player it's like oh, there's lots of good players out there you can pick you can pick and choose you know diamond dozen good players um debatably uh but it's you know if to really go for him i gotta ask yourself you know i mean i mean i know nuke she's not she's a smart person she's not stupid she knows what he's doing she knows what she's doing so it's like you know her and the rest of the staff and christopher and you know all the rest it's like they to me they wouldn't do this unless they felt like it was worth it like that's that's what i come back to at the end of the day yep and this isn't the first Overwatch League team to kind of try to put a a, a vouch of confidence in you know the the change of character uh, for provide. I mean, you go back to 2020, and you know the Valiant attempted to in the league, uh, if memory serves, uh, tried you know successfully to you know get in the way of that. And yeah, again, not okay things, not okay things to say or do, or yeah, yeah that that's not cool in the slightest. Definitely do not support that. Um, no. It, is this a privileged position that sometimes maybe it is okay to, you know, punish heavily? Yeah, I would say so. Um, but yeah, it's it's a messy situation. But I trust the people involved. I I, I see enough yeah. positive attention towards this that I I have to hope that um this this person has changed for the better. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where it's, I sit with it. I think it's different if I didn't. If I don't know the people exactly. involved in London, yeah. if it's like, oh, what the fuck are London doing? But like, I don't know. It's a little bit more. I was gonna say personal. It's not like I'm. I'm not any. It's not personal to me at all. But at sure. the same time, it's like because I know some of the people involved, and it's like I know they're not stupid people. So you know, you got you got to put two and two together somewhere. Mm. Um, they're taking a huge risk here. Like, why why take the huge risk when yeah. you could have had another option if it wasn't for reasons. And I think, you know, we can end the topic by saying that no one defends what this guy did. It's utterly, you know, reprehensible. No one, and no one is asking anyone to forgive him either. I think no one's obligated to forgive him. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty bad behavior, like really, really bad behavior. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something that, um, yeah, I think, uh, Again, I, I'm going to let the people who are making the decisions make that decision. And um, see what happens. I have no idea. I don't even know if he's approved here by the league yet. Who knows? Anyway, moving I'll forward. Um, I'm sure he's a good player and all that. Again, personally, I've never seen him play, but we'll see what happens uh, when when league starts and mm. if that all is uh, all ends up being cheering. Cool. Where are we up to now? Was there another player... Uh, uh last uh, one finale finale and yeah, yeah, finale I think for the finale sure i think it's probably worth mentioning you know yes dia did get signed to the la valiant we've talked about it ad hot you know ad nauseum oh, for the last two weeks watch yes, any of our previous episodes to, to, yeah. to learn about dia and the valiant lest it, we have another 40 minute discussion on the valiant tldr very positive great happy to have him here happy to have him back great job awesome Go watch the other episodes if you're interested in more in-depth discussion. So, so finale. 
Uprising Academy is where Finale comes from. Uh, mm. I, I, I had heard that Uprising Academy had done pretty well in the last yes. season. But I'd personally also not super kept up with NA either. Look, I'm doing... I watch League in two containers regions as it yeah. is, and then sometimes doing co-streams with China. Like, uh, I feel like I've done enough. Anyone wants to come at me like, oh, everyone doesn't know them about NA or EU containers. Like, motherfucker, I know about Overwatch three other containers. Yeah. And he unfortunately gets like, I, I got enough on my plate. So I'm, I'm allowed a little bit of slack here in, in not knowing about a couple of different, you know, containers regions here or there. So I didn't super follow UA. I didn't super mm. follow Air Contenders or Finale's career. Um, I never casted him personally. Actually, I'll take a look at his background. I, I don't think I've ever casted him. Pretty sure I've not. And I'll see NA stuff. Yeah, no, I have not. I've never yeah. casted this guy before, ever. So, so the bit that I know, um, obviously, more of a flex player. Definitely more projectile focused. Um, for UA was more the Echo May Reaper off of like a cursory. Uh, glance over of some of their matches um that that dps trio had a lot of rotation to it where um finale would get rotated out for victoria who would come in for the tracer hit scan kind of role and stellar was kind of the, the fixture who was like locked in um again when talking to some of the contenders casters and, and coaches um ua was brought up as as you know a, a talent pool to kind of pull from but and, and while there were names out of that pool that were definitely looked at finale definitely was not one of them mm-hmm. um yeah. now that could be for a number of reasons it could just be you know slip the mind it is what it is and again i didn't speak to a a, a vast majority of everybody of all the coaches um but it uh i think just name recognition alone if you're looking at that, it definitely doesn't uh, inspire a lot of faith when you look at some of Toronto's initial signings. Nope. Um, yep. Yeah, this is uh, concerning <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a very important role um, coming into I think just in the history of Overwatch, and I don't he see is, it removing it. Um, in Overwatch he is too. he is a projectile player, though, correct? From my understanding, yes. Echo May. So that those are is, kind of the, the staples that at least is recently. Important for Defiant because they currently it have Isu. Yes. And they, the next player on the DPS has to be a, a flex player. So mm. I guess it does take... Because the thing is, I'll, I'll, I'll be straight. Like I, I, When I hear anything about UA, Uprising Academy, the main thing I hear is like, Stellar is probably the guy. Stellar's yes. the guy on the team. Like, like That's the person you talk about. Um, but Stellar wasn't chosen. And maybe he will still get chosen. We don't know mm. yet. But Finale got on there first. And maybe only Finale gets on there. Maybe Stellar doesn't get chosen. And I have cast Stella. He was on Talon last season. Uh, and we also remember Stella from Toronto and Boston. Yeah. So Stella to me was pretty, he's a pretty decent player. I, I don't think Stella has that great of a projectile pull. Like he's not like a super projectile player. He's, he's, he's your tracer. He's your hit scan. He's mainly a hit scan yep. as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's what Toronto need. Like Toronto no, need a projectile. Yep. Yeah. So. I mean, he ticks the box without a doubt, but is like, is that where we're at with Toronto is we just have to tick boxes. When you look at Twilight, you look at, you know, uh, who's the main support that they, uh, again, somebody who I think you've been very, uh, you know, in support of finale is just like, (sighs) what else do we get though? 
Well, actually, there's a big list. You could get someone like you get someone like Ordo <laughs> from O2. Like sure. that guy's a that guy's an absolute monster. You should get Ordo. Ordo is such a good player. Um, I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe he's on another team. Who's to say? I, I still think there are some. You know, th- there were free agents on the pool. Um, for, again, from the outside looking in, that I was very excited to possibly see Toronto make moves for. Um, and and this was not one of them. Um, I think this is a a new benchmark for them when you look at how quickly they acted with with a Twilight signing. Some of the the name recognition at the start of their kind of off season, and now we're kind of getting a little lower. There's not a ton of people left, or or still willing to try. Otto's still there. Yeah. Otto's still there. My guy Otto is still waiting to be picked up. And they got so finale. It's. It's a little confusing. Maybe there's some more logistical stuff to it. Maybe he had a visa already. I, I don't know. I'm trying to reach out straws here as to why maybe finale. Otto's would be been in Washington. Otto's True. been in Washington. True. He was in Shanghai we, in season one too. So if we're, maybe. Talk, if we're talking about like v- people that have had visas for the US, Otto's mm. picked that box. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Does Aldo have one? Aldo was in London, wasn't he? Yeah. I, bl- I believe so. Yeah. So wouldn't he? I don't. I don't. The problem with season three was riddled with the cold COVID situation. So I don't know if they ended up getting him a uh, visa or not because London ended up going back to Korea, right? But yeah. my case point, and the other thing you could say is like, my case being like, I don't know if visa was like the be all end all. The other point would be like, well, maybe it's a price thing, but has Toronto maybe run out of money? Have they run out of money? Like yeah, That would be a little weird. Throwing, they're throwing bags and, and like, maybe they're maybe like their budget was X amount. Everyone's got a budget, obviously, that is X amount. Of course. And they spent the whole thing on Chorong. It's like, oh, shit, we don't have enough money for everyone else, <laughs> else now. I mean, that's yep. one interpretation. The other interpretation is actually Toronto have lots of money to spend on players this year or going to next year. And they easily could have spent more money because I was going to say maybe Ardo has a bigger buyout. Maybe Ordo has a bigger buyout, Possibly. you know, but but it's like, guys, you picked up Twilight Hot by Chorong Muse. Come on, like, you can't yep. don't yeah. talk to me about buyouts. and that's and that's what's concerning to me is like you spent like either the vision of this team is so askewed to the rest of the league that like we're we're putting our money into positions that are not the premium right now right when you look at you know soul they came out early with a strong three dps you know trio that's where they're going I'll be it's, interested to know who their last DPS. I assume they're getting a third DPS. I yeah. Uh, I think that's, a, that's a team that's a team that's spending as spending as much as Toronto is. Surely don't hold back on seven players. They have mm-hmm. the league minimum of six, but I see this team going seven or eight. Yeah. Seven yeah, being the seven being the real minimum for them. Eight being a maybe we'll see option for later on. Um, I think maybe, maybe they know the mark. I think, like, if anything, they probably don't have the money issue. I think it's just a confidence thing, right? What do you mean? Confidence about what? Confidence, yeah. Like, of the player bases that could join them, like, nobody wants to end up in a shitty experience, even if it's a little bit more money, right? If it's a shit team, (laughs) like, based on the results more so than anything, right? Sorry, who doesn't? You're talking about other other better options don't want to end up in Toronto? Is that what you're saying? Maybe that's the issue. I'm not sure. Like the the, the thing is, not I, Otto. 
I think Otto's putting out tweets like, yo, please give me another chance. <laughs> like, if you're a guy with options, True. you're not putting that tweet out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fair. I'm not sure if. Yeah, there's a question if Otto is there, a better choice there. Um, but yeah. I, I think so, but, you know, I don't know. I, I've, I haven't seen Finale play. I have seen Otto play. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe in the end, it will just be like the backup player that actually doesn't play that much. I, we wouldn't know at this point, but like, uh, I'm getting slightly concerned that Toronto started with a lot of steam, now not following yep. up, and I'm not sure if they did run out of coal to fire the engine, or if they just, like, if the... Maybe. It's just the end of the track, because nobody else wants to get on, you know? Maybe. Maybe Finale... Popped off in trials. There, I said it. Oh, uh, scream God. <laughs> uh, oh I would God. certainly hope so. Sounds like sacrilege, doesn't it? It sounds like such cursed, cursed wording. Popped off in trials. It's like that, four like, words, the four words, the four most cursed words in a row yeah. in yeah. Overwatch. It's like that in like coachable in season one. <laughs> There's always like these buzzwords that we, we find and we throw around when we just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, we like them. He's cheap. I don't know. I this is this is screaming no one, like a bus okay. team at this point. No one ever says he's cheap. I don't know. I wish no, teams were honest. I wish teams should. were honest. I wish teams were honest enough. Was like, yeah, it's because he was cheap. But you don't do that because that that tanks both of the course, player's value yeah. and his value on your team for future yeah. sales. So you ne you'll never say that. No. It's stupid. But like, hey, I'd appreciate the honesty. But you know. Does this not scream like a bus team though? Like this is this is a team that start again. Like Yuska said, it started off strong. Uh, DPS is at a premium. We're going into a mechanically more difficult game, at least from the outset. Um, I'll, I'll save reservations for what this game actually looks like when it comes out. But from everything that we've seen, it looks like DPS is is going to be an incredibly important you know sector. And you have Hisu and Finale. Hey, at least he's like you got some confidence behind you. Like, okay, yeah, okay, I can that's see a you. that's a decent I start. That. I see that one. But uh. I'm just got a question. Like, a lot of teams are finished now. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's two really strong flex mm -hmm. DPS slash projectile players Still out there on the, table. on the table in my mind that are like mega good that have not been picked up, and that's Ardo and Aldo. Mm. Aldo probably being my number one pick. As much as I talked about Otto, all those, in my mind, the mechanically best player on that list okay. of available flex support FAs. He he's ridiculous. This guy popped the fuck off. Like he's actually an insane player. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like um Surprise. I mean O2 obviously got connections. They talked to Overwatch League teams, they sell a lot of players. Surprise this guy didn't get shipped off. I mean, what's you guys know what Sam's hero pool is on, on the shock now? Sam, who just joined? Uh, I, off the watches? top of my head, no. I think he's projectile tracer. Yeah, you know, he's... that's the thing. That's the thing. In my mind, and nothing against Sam, I'm sure like yeah, all yeah. those Redbird guys are fantastic. But in my mind, if you're going to pick a bunch of O2 players and you want to know the flex player, bro, you. <laughs> 
Get Kilo, Proper, and All, though. Get three of them together. Like, Jesus Christ. Mm. Like, that would have been that would have been dynamite. Mm. I'm sure Sam will still do fine, but, you know, I'm just surprised that All, though, is still out there in the wild, and then maybe he's got a home, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Most teams are falling out. Maybe the guy joins NYXL. Does NYXL haven't announced anything? So right. maybe all these guys eventually join NYXL, but right now I'm not, uh, I'm not seeing a lot. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Right. It's pretty Move dire. Moving Let's on. Let's go. Yeah. We are now... Okay, we're nearly at the three-hour mark, guys. We can do it. It's 45 minutes. How much to talk about, by the way? You, you want to get into the fence-sitting? Shall we? Are you, are you ready Alrighty. for the segment? Um, all right, here we are. Segment like, time. Just, just real quick, yeah. I'd like to talk about flash shops, but no one could watch it, so we're not going to. True. Uh, there you go. Boom. The fence, all oh. you need to know. <laughs> Zing. All right. Welcome to the Get Off the Fence segment. It seems like you guys like it. Um, I thought we had a, a good time. Um, and if, again, still looking for some feedback. So if you're interested in leaving some, I'm in the comments. I'm reading them. Discord users, hello fam. Uh, get out there and, and drop some drop some feedback um, on, on this segment in particular. Um, but to kind of start us all off, um, Yiska, we're going to head to you. You know, with uh, with Valorant champs kind of wrapping up, I do have to ask. Gonna ask you to get off the fence with this: Are we axing or climaxing on live music performances at esports events? Bro, it's it's really hard to get them to be right. Like you have sure. to you have to be like whoever hires that guy needs to be really in tune with the culture of that particular esport because like even like if you have a banger artist for money sport, that might just flop in the other one. Um, like, I think it can work. I think usually it's probably best left to like DJs. I think that's mm -hmm. that's very often to be like uh, the the best choice. And y'all, not DJ Khaled, but like you know the Zets or whatever. Sure. Um, but then again, it's like it's it's a hard ask to get like a venue going and also transport that in energy to, uh, to an audience. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I, I think they would just probably have to start like thinking bigger. Maybe you wouldn't like maybe maybe you innovate the what the live show aspect is. Maybe you can even do something with the with the um engine that the particular game is running on. Uh, and okay. like have have like some. It doesn't all need to be live performed, if that makes sense. It's completely fine for the artists to have input in the show, but only to just press play and never show up, right? So I, you're more looking at it like from a Fortnite perspective. Maybe a little bit press more play like... play and don't show up. <laughs> no, but what, what I mean is like, it doesn't have to be a live performance. It can't be... Like, let's yeah. say you have a... Um, like, I'd, I'd much rather have... Like a world song performed, um, mm -hmm. but think outside the confines of a song. Make it like a uh, almost like a musical type of thing, but in an in-game in engine or something like this. Maybe it's mm -hmm. really cringy. It ha would ha you have to would have to toy around with it. But I think like we're past like just like 
straight on stage performances unless it's like DJ sets. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but so yeah, it's, it's not. You're not climaxing for no. IV sports no. music? No, generally okay. speaking. Like, axe definitely the old concept of it. All right. Avril, to you. I, I axe everything except uh, League of Legends Worlds still nails it. Okay. For the most part. Yeah. That's the only eSport that I think actual nails music um, and performances. But I do have the opposite thought of uh, Yusuke here, who... Mm doesn't like the live performance at all he wants some in-game stuff i dude i think that's i don't like that at all i'm not about that okay anybody that just shows up and presses play no i'm done that's you can get that out i'm not a part of that at all it's it's not engaging i do not like musical performances for anything to do with esports if it's got nothing to do with the esport if it's mm. if it's absent and it doesn't relate to the esport and it's just like a thing that exists then I'm always like, why is this here? Like, who asked for this? You know, yeah. who asked? Yeah. Who, uh, DJ Khaled, who asked? Like, who, who fucking, who asked for that? Nobody. Um, or maybe some, some out-of-touch people in season one who thought that was a good idea. I'm sure they got roasted for that afterwards. I'm sure they, after that, and they saw the footage, and they saw, you still, you can just, every year you still go back to watch mm -hmm. the footage, just have a bit of a laugh, and there's that slow zoom in on, on the little kid in the cosplay and he's just like what the fuck's going on here and that's and that one little kid just represents everybody like you know at home as well as like dude i feel exactly the same way uh, my point is and speaking towards the valorant uh, champions performance as well and this is the one part that unfortunately uh unlucky for riot but covid means no audience mm. um having just some people i say some people these are musical artists not just some people having it feels on some level it just feels like some people because it's, it's just you know, you have some musical artists performing to nobody and okay, and now that's done. It just feels like it exists. It just feels like it's there in a vacuum. Mm. It exists. And you you can't help but ask the questions like, okay, but why? Who asked for this? Who wanted this? Like, this is kind of no point. At least with League of Legends Worlds, the performance has something to do with the finals because you, you're singing the anthem. You're performing right. the anthem. It was still a little bit weak this year because of the no audience thing, but they tried their best at good mm -hmm. sets in terms of it being tied to Arcane's. A little bit sellout for Arcane, but you know, I respect the hustle. Um, also, why wouldn't you? You're going to cross-promote. You know, that's that's part of the goal. Um, so it worked. But I, I, I think for live performances, you got to look back on like 2019... For any, of the, any of the part... Anywhere between 2014 to 2019, League of Legends Worlds... The music performances for the most part kind of nailed it but especially 2018 2019 2017 mm. as well 2017 was when they had the big ar dragon and the beijing bird uh the bird's nest that was fucking sick they were singing legend that would die and then they had all the performers come out and the players eventually come out um yeah it felt integrated 18, 18 is when they had the kda stuff and they were doing more ar stuff and then they had the players on these huge platforms moving across during the anthem as well during rise such six song as well um they'd phoenix in 2019 all the players in that stage in, in paris i believe and the performance around it like if it's tied to the esport and mm. it makes sense for the esport and it makes me care about and invest more in the competition side of it that's when it's good if it's got nothing to do with the competition it's 100 an axe like what the fuck is why no one wants to see this maybe yeah. some people do but most people don't most people are just sitting there like start the game it's like <laughs> casters start the game 
you know that's the vibe you get when you're watching right. those musical artists it's like bro when are we when are we getting the video game what who, what, what are we watching this for what is this for yeah. yeah i get it i get it yes guy any quick final thoughts yeah it's mostly cringe like it's it's not v worth trying to hit almost it unless you have a really good cue uh, clue and like even riot fails sometimes honestly like some some of the stuff wasn't yep. just wasn't that cool life uh, mm. Some of of course, hit big time. I don't know. Like, I think, generally speaking, if you want to do something, you probably got to be innovative a bit. Fair play. Avril, we're coming back to you. I don't even know if there's a fence to get off, get off of with this. Uh, are you buying NYXL's off-season tempo? Are you getting a little bit concerned at this point, now that they haven't made any moves? I think their tempo is perfect. Okay. Uh, well, it's not perfect. Uh, obviously, perfect would include some heavy hitters being signed, but hmm. uh, I, I've said this on previous episodes, but I think a lot of teams either move too quickly or were forced to move too quickly, which is the same as moving too quickly. Sure. In that you haven't even seen the new game yet. Hmm. I mean, NYXL, if they're doing this strategically and biding their time to wait for more info or like, I don't know, wait to make a more informed decision that's the right move to make in my opinion as long as you're missing out you're, as long as you're not missing out on too many heavy hitters that you previously wanted it's chill and i think as well the other the other bonus for NYXL is they're not fighting for western players because there's generally speaking less high quality western players teams like the mayhem they got albert's got a you know he's got a, a kick into overdrive because he's fighting against multiple other teams for the same people yeah NYXL, i mean you got all these good players in Korea, waiting to get picked up, waiting for a second chance. Xe's out there, Ardo's out there. I've I've named all though. The list goes on, right? There's heaps of good Korean players. You can bide your time as much as you want. I think NYXL are gonna do fine. Fair play, Yiska. Are you buying or selling? I mean, I feel like it's functionally like. Is it really that they're moving slowly, or is it that like they're just announcing slowly? I don't know. I feel like yeah. they've locked in their roster for the longest time already, and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not scared for them. Okay. We'll stay with you then. If you have Yaki Flora as a baseline, I'm okay with the team. Yeah. Okay. It's hard, to, it's hard to go wrong from there, you know? Yeah. Anyway. I think that's, that's, that's measured. Uh, Yeska, uh, when it comes to main support, uh, I know that uh, there's been some pundits out there that have uh, tried to get in front of the bullet for uh, ye old Delucio players, but uh, is main support undervalued when it comes to Overwatch 2? Get off the fence. Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, the problem is, like, we haven't seen the game yet, and I, I'm also mildly surprised where that whole, like, more mechanical main support comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the, does the game necessarily have to mechanify? I think it's a good bet. I'm not sure if it's a. Let's let's say that it's not always going to be a positive EV to underrate uh main supports, but as the as it looks right now with the facts that we have, it looks like an okayish bet. Let's be honest. The only main support hero that is probably really hard to adapt to for a flex support would be Lucio because he's so unique in the type of movement he requires, the type of um, like timing, what you're doing in the game, and uh, also the mechanics. Um, I think Mercy is probably rather easy to pick up for a flex support because they they aren't just the more mechanical uh, 
players, they also feel like they're also generally quite aware of positioning and um, timing. I think, generally speaking, like the overall all skill level of the uh, flex support is generally higher than the main support. Um, yeah, I think... I think, okay, to get off the fence, I think the main support position has been overvalued quite a bit for the longest time. But I think that a lot of main supports this season had to show that they are capable of. And if I had a main support that was able to uh, play a good break and play a good BAP, then I probably have confidence in them. Are you muted, Joe? Yes, I am. Right. Stupid headphones. Uh, Avril, to you. Main support. How do you feel? I mean, I want to say we're not... I want to say, like, teams are right to hold off on main supports, but at the same time, mm. we're all just speculating. Like, we actually don't know. No, no, one, no one actually knows what main supports position is going to be in their role in the yep. new Overwatch game. We're all just speculating that, like, oh, you know, maybe main supports won't be that important. Maybe that won't be that integral to a team composition. Um, and I think it's more, I will say this though, like if it does, here's, here's the risk reward you have to take. Mm -hmm. If it does go double flex support, you are going to fall on your face way harder by having a team that can't play double flex support than you are if it goes flex support, main support, and you are forcing a flexible player into main support. That's my opinion. Um, simply because of the difficulty in the respective hero pools and what you need to output in those respective hero pools. Because like Jessica said, outside of Lucio, you already have a lot of flex support players that have been on Brig. Uh, Mercy, I'm just going to say it, Mercy's not that hard. <laughs> really isn't. Mm. Sorry, Mercy players. Uh, I mean, you know it too. Don't lie to yourselves. And what else is there? BAP. BAP is already, if that's a normal flex support hero, most flex support... In fact, BAP has shifted from main support to flex support, to be honest with you. So you have two heroes that have been in the main support position that are pretty regularly played by flex supports already. It's just Lucio, right? I mean, yeah. what other main support is really hard to pick up? I can't think of one. Moira, that's a joke. Yeah. Moira is also, by the way, has been a flex support here in the past. Mm -hmm. So it's just Lucio. It's literally just Lucio. So yeah, if it's a Lucio meta... Oh, bad luck. But I think I think if you if you roll the dice, you play the numbers. Uh, the risk reward there is leans heavily in my in my opinion towards double flex support, than main support flexible. So if you have to take a gamble, I think you gamble on the double flex support. But if you can't afford to, you probably hire three. You probably sign three support players, and one of them is a main support with a main support pool. Specifically, if you can get them to be a Lucio specialist as their main hero, that they're very mm. good at, then that you're going to cover some good bases there. But um, yeah, I think teams have made probably the right choices overall, speculatively. Again, you can't say that 100% just because we don't know what the new game will, of course, you know, uh, entail. And even then, what how the meta is going to change because you you could have a situation where main support could be relevant in the first month and then not relevant two months later, or vice versa. Like both anything could happen so who knows fair play we'll stay with you for this next one um with in the same realm or a similar realm to main supports uh who often get some uh some unwarranted criticism 
Uh, Avril, I'm going to ask you to get off the fence. Uh, it's time for you to be a human shield. Uh, which player got way too much criticism or hate for little to no reason? If they go out by shock fans. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like that whole, I did that whole meme thing on my stream mm. where I like, uh, you know, I, I did an impression of the average shock fan um to be fair and in their defense it was probably it was probably the bandwagon fans because a lot of like the, a lot of the shock fans that would consider themselves like true shock fans and long-term shock fans they get annoyed at the bandwagoners as well the people mm. that just join shock because They're they winning. just want to be fans of the best team sure uh so that's fair enough but yeah i mean i guess i mean it's got to be fd god or nero i'll just pick fd god because you know i just flip a coin it's one of those two um man, shock fans tore into their own team and their own players like unreasonably hard. It's kind of ridiculous. Agreed, agreed. Yiska, are you a cannibal? Are you eating uh are you eating the shock? I think I think FD God is probably the golden answer. Okay. Um I can't think of anyone else. Are there any other ones that pop to mind? Um I stole Nero. You can take Nero if you want, but Yeah, Nero. All Probably. the shock players, just shock at all, really? Yeah, no, it's it's hard. Like, because who who was actually like really heavily criticized this season? Like, um, unjustifi unjustifiably criticized, I right? Or yeah, yeah, like, or justifiably. Like, for instance, like I'm thinking of players that were actually like maybe hit on, like OG. Hard to say that was undeserved, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Who else got slagged? Um... Just to be clear, it doesn't have to be just this season. It could be... Oh, ever. Fate? It's yeah, not just, ever. It's just doubters. Oh, I was just talking about this season. I mean, if you want to... We can, we can double back to you once Siska kind of finishes up. But yeah, definitely just anybody... Anybody who didn't get a fair shake. Who mm -hmm. you think uh, got way too much hate. Or criticism. Mm. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's really hard. Animo every single year because everyone's worst complaint about him is that he doesn't. He's not a playmaker, which is like such an such a lightweight criticism when sure. like other people have done way worse, like have played way worse and done way worse things on their teams, like throwing, for mm. example, just being fucking awful. I don't know. Fair play. Fair play. Any, yeah. any Shanghai love for you, Yiska? They, no, they don't criticize Anima because he's bad. They criticize him because he's not bad and he's not good. Eh. I think if so we talk weird. about all time, I have to give my cookie-cutter opinion of Profit in Season 2. Like, when people tell me that he, this guy was still not, like... I don't know where this idea came from that Profit wasn't the best player on his team throughout the entire regular season, either in Season 1 and Season 2. These people are mm. high. Like, he was consistently the best player and one of the best players in the world, and he had to flex around two roles. So if we're sure. talking all-time, then um, it feels like uh, Profit is probably a good shout for those two. Because people always just say he's like a, this, this playoffs player. I think his mm. level's consistent. Everyone else just drops in playoffs because they drop spaghetti. Fair enough. Jessica will come to you with uh, one of the one of the last ones before we kind of 
skedaddle uh yes i'm gonna ask you to get off the fence if you're going for a minimum of six players in overwatch 2 are you in the third dps camp or are you taking a second tank third dps or second tank Ooh. Mm. six minimum you're the gm you have a tight budget you can only get six players oh dude this it is really hard mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> I say I say DPS okay Here's the any reason. particular reason why okay I think I can find a quality flex tank that is probably mad skilled that mm -hmm. also will be able to hold a shield and like play <laughs> right, right in an aggressive way I'm looking mm. in particular like um I don't know, like, I feel like off-tank is just way deeper. Mm -hmm. um, I think they usually probably already have a pretty good Winston. Ball is hard. Um, it, it will definitely, like, the, the, the hero pool length will probably be pretty heavy. I don't think you, they, we will even play most of them. I think you kind of want a consistent main tank, as has been, like, proven to be beneficial over the last couple of seasons. Um, mm -hmm. Other than Smurf and <coughs> um, Super sort of like being outside that role. I think like DPS will be so important. Ah, it's hot. And now like once again I'm on OG where I'm like, oh my god, imagine like having a tank that absolutely doesn't work. What are you doing? Like now you're putting the, the DPS player on the tank role? Hoof. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm sticking to DPS. I think DPS will be way more important in Overwatch 2. Okay. <coughs> we got one vote for DPS. Avril. GM uh, yep. Fantasy League. Make it two votes. GM Avril signing on again and putting my GM Fair hat enough. Uh, and pretend to be GM once again. Um, mm. I take three DPS players 100% of the time. Yeah, because like, yeah, I, I get it. The OG situation sounds pretty bad, but... I mean, first of all, ideally, you're picking a good enough player that you don't get into that position. But also, you're taking a risk on... Not, I mean, people will use that example. Mm. If you're doing that, then you're also taking a risk on your two DPS and your two supports. And in, in, either, in either scenario, you're taking the risk on your two supports anyway. Like, either one of your players could shit the bed. It could be your tank player. It could be one of your DPS players. It could be both your DPS players. It could be one of your supports. It could be both mm. your supports. It could be anybody. So... I don't think you can live in that world of fear where it's like, oh man, I don't want an OG situation. It's like, okay, well, you might not hear, hear it. Curl that monkey's paw. Might be not, you might not get the OG situation now, but have fun having a DPS that's just shitting the bed and now you only got one DPS and the other one can't do anything. Um, you know, that can happen to literally any position, any player. So I, I can't build a team with that fear crippling me. It just, you, you can't do that. So DPS is by far, I think, has always been and will continue to be the most important role in the game, you gotta shoot people, you gotta click heads, you gotta be you gotta be mechanically skilled. It's the most demanding role in the game, um, for good reason. And also the most demanding role, not just for mechanics, but for also hero pools. Very demanding for hero pools. So much so that you need flexibility in the DPS position because it's too much to ask for two people to cover the entire DPS hero pool, because there are way more DPS heroes than heroes in any other position. So yeah, I think three is a good shout, for sure. 
uh, and it's just different aiming styles as well. Like you have mm. to be considerate of double hit scan, double projectile, anything in between. Like it's so different. And okay, and what about tanks then? So one right. tank, how's that going to work? Yeah, I think you got to get a heavy hitter main tank. I would put a lot of budget into main tank potentially just to get one, like you said, one very solid flex tank, uh, like like space on gladiators, for example, and you know bank all my my stocks on that one guy popping off on tank, or at least being good enough that they won't throw. As long as they're not going to throw, we'll be okay and have DPS carry if if, if required. You know, um, you just. I think eventually you just want one tank to your team anyway. Like, tank is one of those positions that's so integral to a team mm. that, like, and I just by saying that, I can already hear people saying, like, well, if you think it's integral to the team, why would you only have one? It's like, well, I mean, integral in the way that, like, you don't want to be benching and subbing in tanks and swapping in tanks for the most part. You want to just have one solid tank. Like, I don't really believe in uh, swapping in and out tanks. Teams didn't do that. If you look at teams even this year, you had a starting lineup for tanks, and you basically never swapped them. I'm not going to, you know, you'll say that Shock was the exception there, where they, you know, they did stuff with Smurf as well, and they moved around their tanks. Like, all right, well, I'll give that to them. Maybe Krusty knows what he's doing, and maybe they'll do that. But other teams, you want a solid tank line, you don't want to touch that shit, and you just want that to carry you through as best you can, and you don't want to be swapping in. And even teams like Boston, who, by the way, fun fact, had four tanks on their team, Eventually, they settled on stand one punk, and they never touched Gable. She sadly never played fusions either, and they just stuck to their guns because you need the consistency in the tank line that determines a lot of how you want to play. Yeah. So, I think having two tanks, where you know, uh, I, I don't think you want to be swapping them in and out anyway. One of them will be perma benched. Whereas for three DPSs, a lot of teams did th swap in DPSs quite often. Yeah, you did have a lot of map specific DPSs. Uh, meta specific DPS, so they just swap in and out. I think it's far easier to play around the limitations you have on tanks and be like, okay, well, maybe we're not going to do as many Ryan comps and we're going to stick to dive comps here because, you know, we have one tank and he's not the best on Ryan. We're going to stick to all these other situations. We can make that work. So you're going it's kind of like a rush approach? Uh, I was going to say kind more like of. a more like a gladiators approach because you okay. know there was there was the, the rumors about muse not being great on ryan right which is why it dictated so much of their dive gameplay which they ended up being really good at dive anyway mm. and lo and behold you know the dive was really good because space's diva is fantastic and uh but beyond that as well their dps is fucking nailed that their dps was so good at dive mm. but uh, my point is it's easier to play around the limitations of a, of only having one tank than the limitations of having only two dps that can't carry they can't uh you know cover enough heroes in the very very extensive dps hero pool okay let let's be honest yes, like the the real answer is you bag groceries at like whole foods in order to afford a seventh player that that's probably like the preferable situation where you like if you can help ideally it, you have <laughs> If you can help it, Yeska, you get eight players and you have yes. a main support, two flex supports, an off tank, a main tank, and three yeah. DPSs. If you can help it. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. Like, I'm just saying, like, you don't want to be in the position where you only get to recruit six. That would actually really suck. Um, mm. But, Joe, or, like. Oh, bro, this. Yeah, go on. Smartest thing, the smartest thing to do is do what Valiant doing. And this is why, like, when I play, I was, I was going to mention this as well when we were doing this, but, like, when I'm pretending I'm GM, mm. I'm actually pretending. I'm Valiant's GM, just for a bit of challenge. I like a bit of challenge. 
Um, and specifically, no, Hill's not the GM, but I'm pretending, but he has roster control. So I'm pretending I'm the GM with roster control, so I'm no Hill. Um, and how do I build the team? Because you are on a budget. Probably will only go for six team players, even though Valiant at this stage probably will go for seven because they've signed on Becky. And I think that means they're going to have three DPSs because they have room to get innovation as well. Mm. Uh, but they have actually done the Jake thing where they've signed Wukiel onto a player salary, a player position officially, like a league player position contractually, but he's going to be an assistant coach for the team. And that's a that's a win in my books in terms of being smart with your budget mm. because, you know, you probably are, like I just said, you don't want to be subbing in and out tanks. You want to just be playing one main one tank the entire way through the whole season if you can help it, which means the other guy's going to be perma-bench. Instead of letting that guy rot on the bench, you set the expectation earlier that actually he's going to be there as an assistant coach. But then you also have the safety net that if it goes heavily into flex tank meta and you need a diva player or something, well, woo hell, it's your job to step up now. You're, you got signed on a player contract. You may have to play. Boom, there it is. Done. So super smart way of going about it. All right. Last Joe, but not least. Joe, real quick. Yes. I got to, like, if you ask an unfair question that's impossible to answer correctly and will get clipped out of context eventually where we look like idiots, uh, mm. please commit. Get sure, off the fence. Yeah, I, I'm going DPS very similar to you guys. I think that, again, I'm going to echo a lot of the things that I've said on shows previous. This is a game going into Overwatch 2 that looks very DPS centric. Um, to Avril's uh, point, I think that, yeah, I think you can force a lot of. And maybe this is me being slightly uh, biased to what we know from Overwatch one, but I think you can force a style that uh, lends itself to being a little bit shallow at main tank or, or the tank position in general. Yeah, uh, you can't really do that with DPS all that much. So, yeah, I would I would definitely put my money in DPS. Um, yeah, Avril. Last one, coming in hot, um, which I, I may need to uh, butt in and, and give some examples for, but this one this one may be a, a bit of a stretch. Um, I'm going to ask you, get off the fence. What was the most head-scratching trade made during the history of Overwatch? Which trade for a player for a player, not no cast consideration, uh, was the, uh, the most bizarre to you? Um, I have some examples if you need a bit of uh, inspiration. Who was Smurf traded for again? Oh, uh, that's a GG. Good question. He came from GGEA, right? Dante, no. Okay, that's I not know. a head scratcher. That's actually a pretty good trade yeah. for both teams. Never mind. Who was RCK traded for? Note. That was a Boston Dallas trade. I think that was actually a pretty good trade as well. Fuck. Um, shit. There weren't that many trades, right? Not a ton, not a ton, but there are some some head scratchers. Um, Yo, Custa Unco during season one. Just a little, little inspiration. Taro Cookie and whoever he replaced. <laughs> sure. Um, no, hang on. Ah, oh, fuck. Well, it is really hard. I can't remember all of them as well. Custer Unco, I mean, that was great for Valiant, though. That's not even a head scratch. Like, what is a head scratcher? Does it have to be bad for both teams? Uh, could just be bad I, for one. Yeah, it could just be bad for one. Just really bizarre, 
you know, in, in your point of view is just a subjective take on like, wow, why would you want to make a play for that player? Why would you want to give up this player or vice versa? And it has to be like a one play goes to another team or one play comes to your team kind of ideally, trade. if a not trade, right? Yeah, a two way trade would be preferred, let's say. <sighs> there's, there's been see, the sad thing is there's been hardly any two way trades, hardly um, any two way trades, and I don't remember much of them at all. I see that our producer Eric is mentioning and. I'm going to I'm going to ask for a, a piece of not evidence because I just don't remember it. Bishu and Fraggy for Kib. That that does not ring too many bells, but I'm going to double check that because I know Bishu and Fraggy did go to charge, would go to charge and they would not use at all. Yes. So I don't know about that. It's a little bit of a double weird check one. Check the liquid. Um, Wish there was a list on me, a list of all play trades ever. Yeska, yeah. do you have one? You have one that's I'm gonna... I'm I'm debating if I should drop one that didn't happen. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> how far how far gone is it, right? I mean, is it past the Here we go. Hey, Yiska was talking about clippable moments, so here we go. This is the one. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm not 100% if that actually is the thing and now ah. Uh... Am I opening myself up to just getting fucking ravaged by like internals of people saying that actually was never a thing, even though at least <laughs> one that would know has has told me as much? Ah, oh. mm -hmm. mm. oh, come on, it's it's far gone. So apparently, here we go. At one point, the trade Violet and Rascal for Kareev was on the table. And that didn't happen. What year was this? This was... 2020, I think. Very early into Last 2020. Last year. Season 3. I think so. Violet Rascal. Going into 2020, right? Just so that we're clear. So and, Violet Rascal and I will say, like, on... oh, shit, I should have said this <laughs> earlier because it's going to be clipped out of context, but I yeah. don't know for sure. But hypothetically, if that was a thing, it was Pepeige on the, on the shock offering that and on Toronto not accepting that, right? Yes. Uh, so, yeah. by the way, this is what it takes. I just had my big Reddit rant. This is what it takes... <laughs> to get anyone to talk about our podcast and ask slash competitive overwatch. This is what it takes. So I read it. Um wow. That is a That's hot. wild. That's wild as fuck. Sounds like a win for Toronto. I don't know, maybe I mean Kareev had good stocks going to season three. He came up a value did well. That he did. He had decent stocks, man. Like I don't I can see the stocks reasoning. I can fully high. see the reasoning. But for Rascal and Violet though? Yeah. Two for one? I don't know. Also, you were saying, like, you know, it was like, oh, it was just a long time ago. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it must be like season one. Like, no, bro, this is season three. <laughs> this Holy is shit, this just, this just happened. Like, oh, fucking <laughs> me. <Dude. laughs> wow. <laughs> that was recent as fuck. Yeah. No, no love oh for the God. old three way trade? Which was Anybody the three way trade? That one? 
way back no. when with Rogue Luminosity and Misfits doing the whole shuffle to assemble the, the French theme. No love there. Wait, is that, that's pretty Overwatch League, isn't it? Yeah, I just the history of Overwatch. Any again, just looking oh. at Overwatch one as a whole. You mean any, the? Any I'm not. The, I don't even remember. Oh, the the rogue with, with misfits type of thing. Rogue luminosity and misfits. Yeah, everybody shuffling around. And mana tens goes one way. The French team gets assembled. Tavik goes to misfits. Yeah, the whole the whole ordeal. I think it worked out for both of them in the event, right? No. They both won tournaments after that. Like yeah, I think it was decent enough. Okay. Fair play. Avril, any, any final I'm gonna, thoughts? I'm going to give you a pass. I just don't legitimately okay. don't know, remember. I, there I wasn't too many. To I can't fair. think of any at all. You, you can't, can't blame you there. Um, but if, you know, any of you lovely viewers are, are interested, um, we are going to open up this segment to our $25 uh, patron tiers, our, our Grandmaster and Producer tier. Um, if you would like, um, you can either send us a message via Discord or leave it in the uh, Croucher's only Discord chat for our Patreon members. Um, uh, leave those questions there. I'll collect them all and we can uh, grill these guys for uh, all that they're worth. We'll give you a shout out as well. You know, we'll be exactly. like, exactly. Double. We'll let, you, we'll let you know who asked what question. Exactly. Give you a nice shout out. And if you are interested in doing that, you can head on over to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Um, and you can uh, support us there. Um, any and all would be appreciated. So, yeah. I think they sufficiently got off the fence. Back to you, Avril. I'm, I'm technically still on the fence about um, <laughs> player trades just because I can't give you an answer. I, can't I mean, come a... on. There wasn't too many, right? Like, there, there, wasn't, there wasn't a lot. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just I fun to go I back down memory. I leave that one on like, I just don't know. I legitimately don't know. <laughs> um, but man, cool. I mean, that's. Did we hit the three hour mark yet officially? We're How damn close. We damn close, yeah. We are damn, damn close. close. You guys just want to chill for another seven and a half minutes? Just to get, get past gonna... the, the three hours? No. Nah. We're just going to chill for a little <laughs> bit longer. And just like... yes, he's, yes, he's got a hot date with a, with a shitty movie. I'm sure he needs to go see. Yeah. So. Yeah. Pretty, I do like. I do. I figured out. Well, we figured out what, what we needed to do to get a three hour episode. You know, we came in. I want you to know, I want everyone else to know as well, that this half of the podcast today was just unscripted. Half yeah. of it was like, yeah, we could talk about this. And the other half was completely unscripted. So what you got to do is you just have to have like one real hardcore passion topic to rant about for mm -hmm. a long ass time. And that's how we're going to fill time for the entire. Now just do that for six months, really. You know, and sometimes do you don't. Six months. And sometimes you don't know it until you start talking about it, and you're like, you know what? I do have a, a bone to pick with this X, you know, topic that we really didn't oh, have the brain to think about. I got a lot of bones to pick. The, my <laughs> the struggle I have daily is which bones not when, to pick. When, how, and if I even should pick fights. Mm. Right? People don't. People think. People might think. Like, oh man, like I, I'm, I'm someone that likes to pick fights all the time. I actually don't. I, the amount of times I hold back is unbelievable. I hold back so much. I hold back an unbelievable amount. I gave, I gave a tiny preview of like what it looks like when I don't hold back, but it takes a lot to get there. Um, cause like, I don't know. I'm also the type of personality when I'm like, ah, oh, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth getting into a fight about that. It's not worth arguing about that kind of BS. So, um, yeah, I mean, Good show. Good three hours. 
we're gonna we're gonna rewind back now and you you remember the intro i said like oh this is gonna be a short episode and then you're gonna have a laugh when i say that you're gonna look down at the the time track and look how long the episode is it's like yeah he said short and then it's like three hours so we're there you know you see how self-aware i am about that kind of stuff so i understand i knew this was going to happen so yeah there we have it hope you're all prepared for six months of this i'd be surprised if we could do this every week i'd be surprised oh, this, if we is could easy. Do this. this is easy every single challenge time. accepted huh. we could definitely I'll, do this so apparently so i think next week is the yeah it is the christmas specials in it 23rd it will be for me or 22nd 23rd it will be so when you tune in next week it'll be christmas time i i set it up early you know i'll just repeat this i'll just save this background for next time as well because why not and um i don't know once again i'll have no idea what we're going to even talk about until we get there because well really it depends on what news happens Mm -hmm. in the meantime but i can't imagine too much is going to happen between now and next week as we hit closer to christmas like anything now is going to slow down more than anything yeah and then 207 the post christmas episode the pre-news episode my God, like that, that one's going to be dry as well because I'm like, Jesus Christ, what's going to happen there? Like dry in the, in the sense that like, I just don't think any news is going to be there. So mm. I'm going to get riled up. I'm going to get, I'm going to spend every single week getting real riled up against some, about something because uh, that's how I'm going to stretch the three hours. So there we go. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining in. Thank you for another three hours or two or five for Yisco Sanity. We're going to end this before we actually hit the three hour mark. <laughs> But uh, we nearly made it there, and we'll see you all for 206, the Christmas special, which uh, I don't even know what is going to be special about it, but it's going to be special. We'll see you then. Bye.